0: What's up, Sifters? Welcome to Game Face, episode 359 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. We're back after just six days because we were on that weird Wednesday schedule for a couple weeks, but we got it back on track just in time for Q4, and alongside me to do that, is Matt Kyle. What's up, Matt? Cyberpunk is up. Yeah, yeah. Again. Again. Coming back around three years later. Here we are again talking about Cyberpunk 2077. Um, Just a note, by the way. We actually are not talking about Phantom Liberty today. We're going to talk about Cyberpunk 2.0, and then we're going to talk about Phantom Liberty in next week's episode, because I unfortunately did not have any time to play it.
1: Matt, you haven't even really started it yet either, right? I'm a few hours into it. Oh, you are? But like i haven't even met idris elba yet yeah
0: it's a well there you go the star of that dlc mass played it for three hours he still hasn't run into him yet so that shows you how big and meaty that is it's what 30 bucks i think
1: yeah yeah it seems to be about on par with their their usual you know like blood and wine Mm -hmm. which Which in my opinion is one of the greatest dlcs ever yeah yeah i don't know if this is on that quality level but it seems to be about that scale
0: yeah yep So anyway, we'll talk about 2.0 version today and then we'll talk about Phantom Liberty, the actual DLC in next week's episode because we already have an episode full of awesome stuff for today's show. We're going to talk about Final Fantasy VII Rebirth in depth because that game has been blown out at Tokyo Game Show this entire week. Square Enix is just like... Basically saturating the market, flooding the channels with gameplay footage of that. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Payday Three. We're going to talk about Ghost Runner Two. We're going to talk about that game that was supposed to be in last week's episode that Matt is really high on. We're going to make sure we get it into the episode today. So we have a great show for you guys. Hopefully, you guys have had a good week. Um, it's been kind of a mellow week as well. <laughs> <laughs> It's been kind of a mellow week, she as did far that, as you know. But... <laughs> that's funny.
1: She's also the only cat I've ever had to react to sounds from games. Really? Like when a big thunk or something happens, like she really. I never had a cat that reacts. Yeah, my to cat
0: episode. just ignored it.
1: Like yeah. she acted like
0: it did, the games didn't exist or anything existed, really, mm-hmm. other than us. Like she. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, so anyway, um, it's been kind of a slow week in game releases, but that's going to pick up for next week, and then obviously after that, it's October, and we all know what's coming in October. Maybe Matt. The greatest <laughs> month of video game releases in the history of the industry
1: Yeah. It's
0: a lot of stuff I've started gathering games Spider together Man and Mario on the same day, yeah I know I've started gathering together like all the games for dossier for and like usually we're like ten games we mm. you should look at or it's every once a good month will be like ten games we actually consider that you should buy yeah.
1: this month it's going to be like fifteen or twenty. I'll admit if it was just me, like, it was just me not doing a show, I'd get Mario and Spider-Man, and that would be pretty (laughs) much it. Like, there's not a lot in next month that's particularly interesting to me Uh, um, as, like, an individual consumer. If you were just a gamer who's buying stuff. Yeah. Yeah. For me, there's a lot. Um, I wish I I was interested in Alan Wake, too, but, like... I'm, I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need to play it to believe it. I guess there are like six horror-related
0: games coming out the last week of October. Yeah, that's part <laughs> of the problem. And they keep getting added. Like they keep adding horror games to the last week of October. The what are you thinking? Sat- I mean,
1: they they all want Halloween, but it's like the saturation is ridiculous. And I don't. I don't. I don't think Alan Wake Two is going to do well. I don't really. But either. I think it's going to do the best out of all of them because it's just got that. It's got the most visibility. Yeah,
0: like. It's gonna win Halloween. That may not mean much, but it's gonna win it. Yeah. So if you're throwing your game in there during that week, like you're stupid. I'm sorry. Once again, contact the Duck Consulting Agency. It's just. Too I mean, easy. you might
1: only have where you might have. You know, where, when else are you gonna release that? Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I mean, like, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, they release the Resident Evil Four remake like in the early part right, of the year. The no F- one really cares. Resident Evil Four
1: is the 800 pound gorilla of horror, so they can put yeah. whatever the hell they want. If you're like a little little y game, you're probably looking for more. Do you think you really need to release it at, ho- at Halloween to have a I chance? I mean, I think there comes to it comes a point where, in like riding on the Halloween wave of let's play a horror game, like becomes irrelevant compared to let's not get involved in this giant packed schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, people will still play horror things in January. Yeah, yeah. You know, I do. I don't even think about like the time of year when I go to play horror
0: games. I. I'm a fan of horror in general. Also, so.
1: I feel like most people, from what I've seen online, if they want to do like a horror thing for Halloween, they want to do their favorite horror stuff. Mm-hmm. They don't want to like do a new thing necessarily. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people seem to just like go to the comfort food.
0: Oh, they watch their favorite horror movie yeah. or they they, turn, they, they, they share it with games. a friend or a significant other. This is my favorite scary movie or whatever. Or play yeah. our favorite horror or games. games. Like, yeah, that's
1: true. Like, that feels... Because, like, you know, people like tradition on the holidays. (laughs) Even
0: Halloween. You're right,
1: though. It's true, which is funny to say.
0: Um... (laughs) Rock and Roll458 says, remind Luna to subscribe with Twitch Prime. I don't think she's coming back. This episode, I'm going to go out on a limb She'll be. I think she'll be back. say she's probably not going to make it back in here. I don't know. We'll see. Um, (laughs) She ran out of here in a haste, which usually is a sign that if she does come back, she'll come back for Q&A or something like that. That's usually her MO. Uh, But we'll see how it goes. Um, How are you guys doing? I hope you guys have had a good week. Let's check you guys out here. In the chat and see what you guys are up to. David Nordic, thank you for Twitch Prime. That's awesome. Um, let's see what else we got here. Don Lionheart, thank you for Twitch Prime. Time Zini, thank you for Twitch Prime. Got anyone else in here? I'm wondering too now if we're gonna lose people on Tuesdays because we've been doing Wednesdays for the last hmm. two weeks. Seems like we got a smaller crowd than usual for our Tuesday show, but we'll see. Sometimes you guys show up a little bit later once you find the tweets and all that kind of stuff, but. Looks like everyone's having a mellow week, just like we are, Matt. Um, it's the calm before the storm, before everything goes haywire in October, and you guys are going to struggle to figure out which games to buy, and that's why we're here. Uh, let's see. Let's get into some housekeeping. Um, Matt, did you even know the Tokyo Game Show happened this past week?
1: <laughs> well, only because you talked about it last week.
0: But... Right, but otherwise, like just being out on the wilds of the internet, did you have really any clue?
1: Not really. I mean, there, were, there was some... There was a little more Japanese game news out there than normal, but yeah, like But not any very big few news. people even credited it to Tokyo Game right. Show. It was yeah. like, hey, here's this thing.
0: Yep, we curated more trailers for JRPGs than usual. And that was pretty much the extent of Tokyo Game Show. Like Matt, it is like fallen so far from where it was back in twenty twelve. It's like yeah. well
1: also Japan is not the center of the industry anymore. Yeah. Like, it's it's not You know, that used to be sort of like, that's where you're going to get the news about the stuff that people actually care about. Yeah. Um, It's
0: become a mobile
1: gaming paradise. Western games used to be also rans to a large degree. Also, one of the things
0: I noticed that happened at Tokyo Game Show is that Microsoft and Xbox started promoting Game Pass, but they started promoting it on PC. Mm. So Mm. instead of saying, hey, go buy this Xbox console that we know you're never going to buy, you have these PCs at home. Why not join Game Pass on your PC? I think that's smart. Yeah, I
1: mean, you've lost that war over there.
0: Also, in the midst of it, Phil Spencer was saying that, hey, we're still interested in signing Japanese exclusives that appeal to the Japanese market. Like, do you think that that's smart?
1: Not for the people signing the exclusive. I mean, Xbox can do what it wants. Yeah. But, like... I mean, do you think it's going to help Xbox in the market at all? No. I mean, it'll help maybe the PC thing. But it's like... Because they just want you in in the ecosystem but i don't know like that seems it seems like a lost cause it does
0: yeah you think back to i mean microsoft has done this before xbox has done this before with games like blue dragon they had what three exclusives from japanese developers back in the 360 era they had
1: the three Mistwalker games yeah they They tried to make a push there and it did blue dragon lost odyssey and
0: what was the third one i can't
1: remember i don't know i don't either did someone that, in chat did it, it know. ever
0: come out so maybe it never came <laughs> yeah. blue dragon might as well have not come out
1: yeah it was pretty abysmal blue dragon lost odyssey there was a third one there was a third wait one. was it um it was just no i don't think i think the third one never happened is that true yeah i can't i, I have nothing in my brain about third. A, yeah. a, i know they originally said three i know it never worked yeah it didn't. <laughs> just
0: what's most important it, turn out. it did not move the needle at all um So here we are, Tokyo Game Show in 2023. I will say this is good to see that the show is back. And it was good to see that there were people in attendance. And it seemed pretty packed. Um, But every once in a while, you get a glimpse of like what was off camera. Because Square Enix and the publishers, they still did their big stage shows and their crazy, wacky dance numbers and all this stuff. But every once in a while, you just get a little glimpse. Like the camera would just go to the one side and you'd see behind the stages. And it was just a cat empty cavern Mm -hmm. of a convention center. Makuhari Messe is huge. It's, like, gigantic. Like, even in the heyday of Tokyo Game Show, it never filled that place up. Like, there would still be, when you get at the back, like, just huge amounts of open space. Now, it's like all the booths are pushed up to the front, and it's just, like, 80% of the whole thing is just empty back there. So, that was a little disconcerting. And then, as the week played out, and obviously, we curate, we go through all this, all the content on Sifted to deliver it to you guys. Um it was just weak there just wasn't anything there at the end of it all Matt there were two games really that were featured there um the first one we're going to talk about is a full topic here in a bit and that is Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth and that game was just blown the f out as I said a little earlier the other one was Dragon's Dogma um how do you feel about Dragon's Dogma 2 Matt Have you... Did you check out a lot of... Because they... Again, this is also a game where they just put out a ton of footage Mm
1: -hmm. and there was video previews and... Some of it, like, I... I mean... I'm honest, I don't care about this until I get my hands on it. Like, because Dragon's Dogma is such a weird, unique thing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The one... This is maybe a weird thing to say, but parts of this look a little too good. Hmm. Like, the jank was kind of one of the... The charm? Charms of it. Like, like... (laughs) also like the jank was one of the reasons you could forgive how sloppy some of it was it was it was a sloppy game Um, for sure both in terms of just like how you know general tech but also in terms of like dragon's dogma's terrible at telling you what to do Mm -hmm. like quests pop up and disappear in the space of one thing like like you can miss quests forever if you don't stop in at the quest location giver thing between every single thing you do you're right yeah like like to to go th- to do a full hundred percent, like did everything, got everything play through. I had to follow a walkthrough to the letter <laughs> because it's so. Yeah, you know, there's no way fun. to know any of that stuff, yeah. and it works without it, obviously. But it's like when you realize how much stuff is slipping away from you just because you're playing the game how you want. It's very frustrating, but because it's so. Wonky in so many places, you're kind of like, oh, well, that's just sort of part of the game. You know, it's, it's, oh, that didn't quite work out the way I wanted it to. Like, that attack didn't land the right way. Well, well, that's just sort of this game. If you make it as, like, that game looks very well put together, but they better have the gameplay elevated to the same level as what, and I know people's like, oh, the combat's the greatest thing ever. So, so, I'm like, no, it's not. The combat's kind of fine, but mm-hmm. like, and you can you can break it a lot and like arcane archers are some of those powerful things ever to grace an action rpg sure and like the spell effects are really cool but like the combat kind of sucks yeah. like it's it's fine it gets you through it it's like they're trying to do a shadow of the colossus thing with the warrior stuff they're trying to really beef up the the ranged combat and the magic and that's all cool but it's act not you know you can compare it to something like bloodborne yeah. or sekiro it's not very good yeah um And I'm just saying, like, this seems to be leaning harder into the, we're going to do like a real ass, like Skyrim style thing here. And all I can say is their gameplay better be ready to support that. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And I don't really see a lot in this that necessarily proves that one way or the other. Well, it might make you feel good to know that the prevailing opinion out of Tokyo Game
0: Show was that it was eerily similar to the first game, that Hmm. people struggled to find many changes to the formula which maybe that's the right call. I do remember Miguel Lopez reviewed this for us at game trailers and he came in, um, after he had spent like a whole weekend playing it. And he just said to me, he's like, Shane, I don't know how to review this game. Mm -hmm. He's like, I've been doing this for a long time. And he's like, this game has thrown me a curveball." He's like, I need other people to play it. And we kind of did that at GT anyway. We'd always try to have at least one other person playing a game. And then the two editors Mm -hmm. could kind of get together and talk about it. um, but he was like, I need other people to play it. I want to talk to someone about this. And so I think Justin Speer took it home and played it for a couple days and came back. And, and they were going through the same thing. They were like, there's some parts of this that I love so much, mm-hmm. but there's these other blatantly obvious issues that
1: we generally ding games pretty hard for. But... Yeah, like if you were to ask me, if you were to ask me, like, just rate it on, like, how you feel about it, it's probably one of my favorite games of the generation. Mm-hmm. If you were asked me to, like, rate it as a technical production it would get fives and sixes yeah like it's the the gulf between how much people how much you like that game and what it actually is is remarkable it is yeah. um and it does it does have a weird charm even the bad voice acting mm-hmm. has a, the fact that the fucking pawns are just like wolves hunting packs or isn't like it's like <laughs> like the fact they won't shut up is part of the it charm is. of it yeah. like it's it's weird it's, there's nothing else like it yeah
0: yep well, it was one of the two big games the Tokyo Game Show, and otherwise, it was a very, very quiet show. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that show going
1: forward. I'm sure they're going to do it next year, but yeah. I mean, it was well clearly sad. people are still showing up and paying to come in, which because is really was, all that matters. It's always been a public show, mm-hmm. so they don't they're not going to have a problem with that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, well, I mean, I know we say this every year. The Tokyo
0: Game Show rolls around. You know, we talk about how far it's fallen and things like that. That has not that course has not been
1: corrected. No, it's just, become, it's just become something else. Like the market there is interested in different things than we are.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, we think it's boring that it's all mobile stuff. But that's what gaming is in Japan to yeah. a large degree. Yeah, it's mostly mobile at, the, at this point. So anyway, Tokyo Game Show,
0: I I, I wouldn't call it a bust. It's just basically was like it has been for the last several years. It's just kind of a non-story. There's always going to be one or two big games that end up popping and making a a, a fuss, you know, with the Western press. And that's what happened with Dragon's Dogma and Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. But otherwise, it was a pretty mellow Tokyo Game Show. Uh, Kind of on the coattails of that, um, Capcom just came out of nowhere and kind of made an announcement that it is not open To being acquired by Microsoft. Mm I found that to be a little interesting that Capcom found – I mean, do you remember any – do you see any rumors anywhere? I didn't see in any of the – I saw
1: um, those emails where they're talking about buying Nintendo and Capcom and – Wait, all,
0: was Capcom a, in there?
1: They were mentioned. Oh, I there. didn't see that. Okay. I did not see that because I was confused. I'm like, why is he talking about this? Like, the, Some of those emails were mentioning like a bunch of different ga- Japanese – and like Nintendo was signaled out because like that was the gigantic. one that Phil said would be like the, the career-making mm-hmm. whatever thing. But the, uh, several other companies were mentioned. Do you believe
0: um, that, Matt? If Microsoft came knocking with the right amount of money, that Capcom would say no? Yes.
1: Yeah? I believe the head of that company would say no. I th-
0: I'll i say this. Japanese businesses are run differently. Mm-hmm. And while I would not... Be, if someone said that in America, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Everybody has a price in America. You're right. That is not the case generally in Japan. Mm-hmm. I think if it were... And I remember the founder is still alive. I think if it were like... Toshiba or like a huge like Japanese electronics company that wanted to buy Capcom, I think Capcom would have a different perspective on
1: it. It would be a, a Japanese company acquiring them would probably be a different story. Yeah, but
0: having but a Western company come in, and, particularly that Western company, yeah, and try to scoop it up. Particularly know. if you're if you're a Japanese company, you've watched Xbox fail for two decades now in your territory. Like, mm-hmm. if you're acquired by them, that's not good, something that generally you're going to be proud of. That's no. something that you're probably going to be like. Well, we made a lot of money off of it, and all our stockholders made a bunch of money. But yeah,
1: he also said that games are too cheap.
0: Yeah, he wants to start charging seventy dollars for their games now too. Which yeah, well, is, else is uh, there, Yeah, it's right? fine. Like yeah. I have no problem with that. I'm surprised that Capcom hasn't. Like its games are worth seventy bucks if the other ones are for sure.
1: So yeah, yeah, I yeah, hear yeah if any game was worth seventy bucks this year, it was Resident Evil Four.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, So I tend to agree with you, Matt. I think Capcom probably would stand his ground. I do think there's a certain point though, with the dollar amounts where the stockholders of Capcom would be like, no, dude, you're, you're selling. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) we talk, you can't turn down that kind of money. A fair deal for Capcom. I agree with you. They would turn it down in a heartbeat, but an
1: exorbitant deal for Capcom. I think they would at least consider. Maybe, but I also don't see the point of that from Microsoft's perspective. Like, what are you going to do with it? I think, uh, well, I think to what we were talking about earlier, I think
0: Microsoft still cares about the Japanese market. It still feels like it needs some kind of a foothold there. Owning Capcom would help with that. I don't know if it would make much of a difference.
1: I think people would just kind of walk away from it. Yeah,
0: people would just forget about Capcom like, what are you existed do? there. Like,
1: you basically, you've doomed Street Fighter. Yeah. Like, you're never going to get Street Fighter to, again. Yeah. Like, because... The only reason Street Fighter works tournament style is because you can just do the PlayStation deal. Right. Like, no one's going to do that with Xboxes in Japan. If the Japanese FGC isn't on board, then the rest of the world isn't on board. Like, Mm -hmm. Resident Evil, sure, but, like... That's the thing. Capcom is is a big deal, but, like, I feel like the Japanese market could just sort of walk away from a lot of that and not really care. Yeah, because the Japanese market is, like, 80% mobile gaming anyway. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Like... It's crazy. If you look at, like, the sales of games in Japan, it is pathetic.
1: Like, I just feel like the you're going to – if you did, if Microsoft does that and puts all that on Xbox exclusively, I feel like the Japanese market would just be like, well, that's too bad, but we're not doing that.
0: I honestly like, think, Matt, the California video game market is bigger than the Japanese gaming market.
1: It's possible.
0: As far as traditional gaming, not – excluding mm-hmm. mobile. Like, as far as consoles, PC gaming, I think California is as big a market as Japan at this point. I mean, if you look at the hardware sales in Japan, it's sad. Like it's hard to believe how few consoles that they're selling in Japan now. Even PlayStation Five has struggled to build an install base there. So it's mm-hmm. um it's pretty crazy to think about when I first got in the industry, Japan was like the Mecca, basically. And that's where you wanted to go. And if you could get a job there, oh my gosh, that's a dream. And things have just shifted well, drastically. I, would, I wouldn't want a job there. But. No? No, you would never be interested. I mean, before I knew what Japan was, I thought
1: I wanted to live there and work there. I mean, I don't I don't understand. I mean, I can't speak the language for one thing. Learning to read the language is very difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, And you are always an outsider. You are forever. Like there's no like no. And like it's like visiting another planet it kind of is like like i don't (laughs) like the culture is very different the food is very different food's good but it's like after two weeks i'm just like i just want a cheeseburger and someone to be rude to me from behind a counter please (laughs) like
0: i mean we have several people probably on the stream right now sitting in japan watching our show and you know they they survive they're okay Mm. they like it there so i think you can get over the hump i wouldn't
1: i'm I'm talking like i would not want to do that yeah like i just wouldn't and i also wouldn't want to work in, in japanese business culture
0: That is, yeah. Like, I remember I did that documentary with uh, Team Ninja, and we got to interview a female developer. And it was one of the weirdest moments I've ever had working in this industry. Where beforehand, they're trying to tell me what questions I can and cannot ask their female employee. And then during the interview, they're, like, standing over my shoulder looking at, like, the questions on a sheet. Like, and then the, the poor girl... Who had to answer the question? She was terrified, to be honest. You could just see it in her eyes. Mm-hmm. She's like, "No." She basically sat there and was like, "Everything is awesome. I'm treated exactly how I want to be treated." Yeah. I, I was just like, "Okay." <laughs> like, it was awkward. And that, again, that was over ten years ago at this point. So you know, I'm sure things have changed at least a little bit. But you're right; it's a different business environment there, to be sure. So, anyway, just another glimpse inside the Japanese market. But the truth be told, Capcom's bread is buttered in the West. That's where mm-hmm. they make all their money. That's where almost all these Japanese
1: companies make all their money, which is odd because it never used to be that way. So, also one of the reasons they make as much money as they do is they're on everything.
0: Mm-hmm. Let me know. Let me know that
1: the one platform would be a problem. Well, they don't care about it then because all they care about. Right, is- Right, but I'm saying for Microsoft buying them, it's. Po- I don't think there's a reason for that. I don't. It's pointless. Yeah, like you'd you'd be, you'd be paying a ton of money to override what the owners want to make sure the sale went through anyway, but then you'd be getting a fraction of what you bought in terms of revenue yeah. because you're limited to one platform. Or you expand to everything, at which point, why did you even bother? Yeah. There is a certain point it's where... It's not like Microsoft needs more money. Like, right. like, The only reason to buy Capcom would be to get that, that bag, and Microsoft doesn't need more money. Like, They need leverage, and mm-hmm. Capcom's not really going to give them that. Yeah, you do wonder at what point when... Like, I guess Monster Hunter, maybe, but... I mean, Capcom. You can make money with Capcom in your roster, but sure, I think but, the bigger question but Microsoft is Microsoft like, doesn't need more you, money. They need penetration. They need eyeballs. They need people in the ecosystem. But if they
0: don't need more money, then why bother? <laughs> because was, that's not, not where they, they want to make more. Because money.
1: that's not where they want the money to come. That, that's small potatoes. Like what they want is a p- permanent income st- stream from constant subscribers who never leave.
0: Right. But if and, you've got Capcom as another four games a year, that's filling in that hole on Game Pass, like there's value to that. Not to the degree
1: they'd have for the money they'd have to pay to get Capcom. Maybe. In fact, you could argue that Bethesda is not was not worth the money either. But I, I think, would definitely argue that. I think they are going to. I think they'd have to shell out similar money for Capcom. No to way. Over, yeah, they would. Sixty nine billion dollars for Capcom? No way. Sixty
0: nine billion. Yeah, for Activision Blizzard is what they paid. No, I said Bethesda. Oh, Bethesda. Yeah, you're right. They'd be about the same, probably. Just to
1: override the the Japanese uh, owners not wanting to sell oh, to a For the American record, company. I don't think they ever
0: paid for Bethesda. I think they ever paid for Activision Blizzard. Mm-hmm. Bethesda, I think that deal's fair. Like, they're going to make that money back, no problem. Maybe? Yeah, they will. Like, How? I mean, they've already sold 15 million copies of Starfield. Yeah. They're already
1: well on their way. Well, like, hopefully they, that'll hold them over For until the next 10 years. next 10 years, <laughs> until 6 comes out, because nothing else Bethesda makes is going to make that kind of money. So. You're right.
0: I think the bigger fear might be gamer consumer sentiment. If you are perceived as this company that's just going around buying up everyone's favorite developers, buying up their favorite franchises, there could be a little bit of a, a consumer rebellion mm-hmm. there, where they're like, you know what? I don't want to support you. I don't care if you have Capcom and Square Enix and all everybody. I don't want to support you. I think there's maybe a little bit of that particularly in the game space where people a lot Vincent, of times think with their hearts
1: instead of their heads. Vincent makes a good point that Japan's courts might treat Monster Hunter like we treated Call of Duty. That's true. Cuz it is almost as big mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So anyway, looks It'd like Capcom, like Square put. and being like
1: what happens to Dragon Quest? Yeah.
0: I do wonder too if this is Capcom dog whistling to PlayStation saying like we don't want to be purchased by Microsoft, mm-hmm. but they're sniffing around. You might want to think about coming and talking to us. But
1: also, like, why would Capcom want to be owned by anybody?
0: I, I know. I don't get it.
1: Like, they, don't, they don't need that.
0: Their financials have been amazing That's for the, the last like, four years. That's the thing
1: is they can say no. Mm-hmm. They can yeah. afford to. And that—that that, again, part of the one nice difference about that business culture is it is not obsessed with making as much money for the shareholders as humanly possible. Um, certainly not in that space. So mm-hmm. I don't think there'd be a lot of pressure... From Capcom shareholders to sell out to a mega corporation like that, like even Sony, yeah, um, it just wouldn't it wouldn't get them anything. And now you're now you're because the problem with Xbox is like now you're owned by a Western company and that's weird. A Western company has almost no presence in your market, which is weird. And with Sony, and now you have to abide by the decisions of Sony, and no one should have to do that. So <laughs> I, there's, that's a lose lose for Capcom.
0: You're right. I mean,
1: you know, I think every company... Because Capcom and the people who lead Capcom, and they do seem to care about Capcom as a brand, as a company, as a historical entity in the industry. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think they want, even the people who would make money from that deal, want to see Capcom become, like, another sad subsidiary that nobody knows what to do with and starts making, you know... Shitty Resident Evil movies again,
0: and all the layoffs start happening, you know, and studios start getting closed. Like and, there
1: just doesn't seem to be an upside for that when they're making money hand over fist as it is. Like yeah. Capcom, does, Capcom can keep its independence. Like there's no, there's no downside to that right yeah. now. Yep, when you're profitable. Go talk to Square. You have the upper hand. <laughs> Square. I mean, you're right. Square Enix is yeah. the vulnerable one there. Yeah, sure. I, Capcom should just send an email to Sony and be like, "Hey, Square, you should buy Square.
0: <laughs> Leave us alone. Leave us alone. <laughs> go buy those guys." Uh, next up, we got some news this week. I want another one of these voice actors who just doesn't understand the games industry. Who went blabbing? Um, we now know that there is a third Star Wars Jedi game coming from Electronic Arts. Did he go blabbing, or did he know that the strike strike was coming? That could be too. Um, you may. I mean, you're right. He may be. He may be being strategic there. Um, he's, he's
1: not new. Yeah, I mean, he's this is the third game that he's worked on. He's also not new in acting. I mean, it's not like actors don't know they have to be quiet about things. Yeah, but this is a this is a good way to build a little bit of hype. You also saw some of the. Uh, some of the Naughty Dog Last of Us 2 actors saying oh we're back in the mocap studio nobody knows what it was for could be Last of Us 3 could be whatever that fantasy thing that Mm -hmm. they mentioned once and never mentioned again was yeah Um, but a lot of that has popped up a a a couple times this week where people are you know like the game mocap and voice actors have been like we're doing this thing and like All of a sudden, ninety-eight percent, you know, SAG voted to uh, to for a strike against the video game industry Mm -hmm. because, and like that's good leverage because it gets good public leverage. Hey, you know, Jedi Three is coming, awesome! Oh, if that's going to take longer if this strike goes on, Uh, and remember, they probably have to get that done by Thanksgiving because uh, there's not going to be that much. Everything kind of goes on hiatus after that. Yeah. Um. So I think some of this might have been strategic, quote unquote, leaking. Uh, in preparation for for this negotiation.
0: I also feel like the the strike for video game voice actors only happened after the act, the actors settled. And The actors they, haven't settled yet. Oh, I
1: thought they did. That was the writers. Oh, the writers, the writers struck a deal. Okay. Um the SAG, sag probably will follow soon after. But, but
0: I think that was the first stick to fall. Was like, okay, they've got their stuff settled. They got yeah. concessions. It Have you looked at that contract?
1: Does yeah. it look like it's going to work out okay for the writers? Um, it'll be fine for the writers for the most part. It's only three years, which I'm like, so you're going to be doing this again in three years? they are always three years. Oh, okay. So I didn't know that. Uh, that's that's that keeps things a little negotiable and so. Mm-hmm. The problem wasn't that that you know three years. The problem was the negotiations broke down for the renewal, mm-hmm. and normally, you know, hopefully the the uh, AMPTP has learned its lesson on not you know the problem of course this the pr- other problem is that netflix and apple and a bunch of the other studios came together to form a streaming coalition watchdog group which is the opposite of what needs to happen mm-hmm. and like citing things about oh we don't want regulation because that might mean they, te- they can tell us what we can and can't make it's like okay so you're going this the, the oh we're, we're not afraid of censorship and you'll you, what you want to watch will be censored thing as opposed to like you are, they, they are letting their doom in by the front door mm-hmm. on this one. Like it is, that is going to unravel in the space of two to three years. Um, the streaming, they need to break them up. Yeah. The, if you own a streaming service, you cannot own a content production company that's probably that, smart that is the same thing they did to break up uh, the if you, you you cannot own the method of distribute that is an actual monopoly that is a monopoly yeah. i mean obviously there's a bunch of different streaming services but that like you can't get disney content anywhere else right you can't buy the mandalorian on dvd you mm-hmm. cannot watch the harley quinn animated show anywhere else you can you know, it's and that means that when these things go away from these streaming services they're gone forever like there are things that we don't know if we'll ever be able to legitimately get some of these movies again mm-hmm. that premiered on these things and were, were pulled off um, you can't own this the form of distribution if you also also are owning the content uh, that is what happened well, that was the end of the golden age of Hollywood was they was the FTC broke up yep the They're monopolies the monopolies the, yeah. the, the 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 studios all owned theater chains yeah. and so they controlled, <laughs> controlled what, what their own the theater theaters. chains yeah. so that was if you lived in a town and they just had like a Fox theater you only got watch, to watch Fox, Fox movies, movies pretty much yeah. unless Paramount or some of these other companies wanted to make you know, or they built their, their own theater built in their the own town. theater or paid exorbitant extra fees to right. distribute into uh, a, a rival's own theater. And that was that's yeah. basically what's happening here. In a weird way, mm-hmm. is like you have to separate the streaming services from the content the production. production. Yeah, it makes sense. It's inevitable, and this is just this is the opposite of. Look, they want to hold on to it because they want as much control as possible. You're also going to have to separate things like Apple and Amazon from this. Yeah. This be studio, gr- which is ridiculous. Like, yeah. like, it's it's, it's going to be... You're going to be tearing it apart at the root, basically. Yeah. And it's going to be ugly, and who knows... I don't know if we have an administration upcoming that would actually be willing to, Tackle to, it. to let the blood that would be required for that. Nobody, yeah. the, the guts to do that would be hard to or find. Or a governor and, of our state. But you, that would have to be on a federal level. Yeah, like, right. It would be very yeah. difficult to find a politician uh, or an administration with the balls to really dig into rip it apart the way it should be
0: yep uh so anyway there is a sequel to star wars jedi survivor coming my guess is we don't see that till 2025 um yeah
1: at least i mean the other one took three years yeah so probably 2026
0: yeah now stig's not there and uh, the timing of this is weird too with stig leaving and Hmm. blah 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 who knows although
1: i mean look it didn't help the pc version that's true so (laughs)
0: that's true uh another they know know what the formula is they do yeah i mean maybe that's the problem Is that Stig was like, other people know the formula, they can do the job, and they're like, oh, okay then. And he's like, so I'll get promoted up, and
1: I'll take... No, that's not happening. I don't know. Or he just wanted to move on something else. Yeah, it could be. I mean, working at EA is probably not all that fun. Yeah. You make a lot of money, but... You don't make that Once you
0: have a certain amount of money, does it matter all that much anymore? No, but you you
1: don't make that much money, I don't think. Not in that position. At EA? At a subsidiary of EA that's wholly owned working on one game? Probably not. Hmm.
0: My guess is he, made, he was making 400 He made okay.
1: Well, yeah. I, don't and think, then I don't think it was that much. Eh. I would be surprised if it was I don't that know. much.
0: Um, also, we got news this week that another Division game is coming. The Division 3 is on the way. It's under development by Ubisoft Massive, which is the same studio that made the Division 2.
1: Matt, is this your favorite loot shooter? It seems like it is. I mean, It's probably the one I played. No, my favorite loot shooter is Destiny. Oh, okay. That's the one I played for 400-some hours. Yeah. And deep. then burned you out for the rest of your life. Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, I played Division One for quite a. Quite we a did. Period. We played it together for quite a while. But actually. like, I don't. Yeah, you know, I don't ever need to do that again. Really. This is my favorite loot shooter, the Division. It's Good. It's
0: I also played Destiny and Destiny Two, but I found that I liked this one more. Um, I liked D- the Division Two. The Division One, I thought, fell way short of what I expected the game was going to be and what it was going to have in it. I thought the Division Two was ultimately what I thought the Division One was going to be. Obviously, neither one of us were big fans of the whole extraction and the dark zone and all that stuff. But the core of the game I thought was great. By the way, I think I'm playing here with uh, Johnny Hurricane. I think mm. if you if you pay attention, you'll see him jumping in and out of the shots here. I think I played it with him for... Uh, we both played it together for review in this B-roll. But anyway... Um, I do like The Division, and it is my favorite loot shooter or game-as-a-service, shooter-as-a-service, as it were. So I'm pretty excited about this. Um, I will say this. I feel like Ubisoft has not done a great job with DLC for this franchise. Um, I thought the first one, really, they could have improved drastically with DLC. And it's not like they gave up. There was just nothing. They've never created anything particularly mm-hmm. compelling with well, this. It's like
1: one of the major DLCs for this one was like, sewers right who go down in the cares? sewers like who wants to do like, that like nobody wants to do that add more areas add more yeah. cities add something like
0: or just add like interesting parts of town it's like okay now we're gonna crack open like brooklyn it's like brooklyn doesn't look that much different from manhattan like Mm -hmm. how about you go into like hell's kitchen or queens like ethnic areas where they actually look and feel different so you can actually try some different themes with the game
1: although that's also kind of part of the problem with like the setting is like it's just all overgrown dead city yeah there's not much like i mean yeah that's hell's kitchen is a different like culture but that culture is gone right. it's, but
0: still it's the setting though there's lots of graffiti I guess. And there's
1: like it's just it, who cares like you're not even looking at that after five minutes but at least i mean at least it'd be outside like it's a, the sewer thing is that one of the dumbest <laughs> things i've ever done like yeah. like that's the thing that people literally make fun of video games for doing is making you go in the sewer all the time um that's even a problem in in cyberpunk sometimes it's like I, why are you making me go through a sewer tunnel in in this neon drenched yeah. like city like, <laughs> like why am i here like yeah it's it's yeah and it's just like again if you didn't tell me this was the second one i mean i guess i would know because it's is there's not this much open space yeah,
0: yeah to me it's obvious in that this in, is division uh, 2.
1: in new york but like mm.
0: i mean the division one was like all downtown like it was
1: yeah. just a well, bunch of that, and they never buildings. expanded i thought they were going to add the rest of manhattan Eventually. I think they did eventually. I don't think they did. No, I, I think they added Central Park, but I don't think they really went much north of that. And then they they did add like some kind of the sewer, some kind of Brooklyn thing. Or yeah. They went the other direction, which I thought was surprising.
0: I mean, I hope the Division Three is set in like L.A. or San Francisco or Seattle or some other
1: city. Like, I can't imagine them doing it. San Francisco too many like, games are set San Francisco in New York city. just be like running up the hill. Yeah, <laughs>
0: I love New York City, and I've spent a ton of time there and with a ton of different people doing a ton of different things. But I'm tired of it.
1: Like yeah. I, New York City's not an interesting setting to me. Um, certainly not in a the game. There's been, just too many games too that many. use it's it. It's been done too much. Also. I've been, I haven't been. I have been to New York as much, but, like, I'll say this. Um, New York is cool. Like, I've enjoyed visiting it when I have. But, like, as a Californian, um, the weird attitude of New York towards, like, L.A. and San Francisco is always, like, off-putting it's to me. It's stupid. It's like you get those, like, New Yorker articles <laughs> it's where it's just, just like, it's like, Los Angeles has restaurants now. Yeah. They think they're people. It's very cute. Yeah. And it's just like, dude, what are you talking... Like, they're always a little. You get these New York critics that are like a little surprised that we have like running water, and it's just like, <laughs> like what are you doing? Like, what are you talking about?
0: Noxate says Las Vegas could be cool, and it could, but we just played a shooter in Las Vegas. Um, which one was it? It's there's like crazy scenes set in Vegas where you can see the strip and it's all covered in sand. What game was that? There's also a movie recently, a horror movie that was set in Vegas, but there was a game where one part of it you go to Vegas. Is it um? Horizon Forbidden West?
1: No. Yeah, I mean, there was a thing in, it, with Vegas, and that where yeah, you yeah. Reactivated the, like the, the, the hologram signs. That was pretty stuff. cool. That's pretty cool, but it wasn't exactly the Vegas experience. Right, it was like a post-apocalyptic yeah. Vegas or whatever. Um, I guess, like, the problem with Vegas is it's just flat and there's only one interesting street yeah two it's fremont street in the strip and everything else is just sort of a normal town or it's just desert yeah (laughs) there's nothing there at all yes the other thing is like it depends what you're setting like the division like if if in the division setting that would just be sand right like (laughs) like if you abandon (laughs) vegas it basically gets swallowed by the sands in the space of a year yeah um Um, that 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 city exists purely by the force of will yeah
0: sneaky says I want more games set outside of America. I can totally understand yeah, that. Yeah, that would be Tokyo
1: yeah. wouldn't be a bad spot for the next Tokyo division. Tokyo would be game. fun. Um you certainly wouldn't run out of districts. No. Um I would like to see more European settings. Like we don't get stuff. Call of
0: Duty jumps around in Europe, but each section lasts like twenty minutes and then you're off to some other see, part.
1: Like, if you want to talk about like an open world thing. Yeah. Like, you know, it was it was nice to see London and Watchdog's Legion, but like mm-hmm. um but that's all you saw. Yeah, but it's like when when do we get like you know, God, when was the last time anything was set in Paris? Like the saboteur, mm-hmm. maybe. Like just the, you don't see Paris much. That's you a never, great city too for you. A game. Never see Munich or or Berlin. You never see uh, something like Zurich would be like a, like a setting in Switzerland would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Amsterdam, yeah, be fun. Uh, Edinburgh, like yeah. where's where's where, where's uh, where's my Scottish gaming? Yeah, where's, where's, yeah. My, where's my Dublin? open world crime game yeah
0: you can see why i love the division because it's got a turret in it (laughs) and i'm like a master using a turret in this game like i can throw it on the top of a car from like 60 yards (laughs) Um, so anyway division three is on the way although i'm also guessing this is 2026 2025 they're just now getting into pre-production on it also
1: a weirdly quiet Announcement, like, just mm-hmm. sort of, you know, like, okay, we're just gonna, enjoy. the Division 3 coming. No trailer, no trailer, anything No trailer, no, there's like, it's coming. I feel like I mean, Ubisoft
0: ma- is just kind of operating in this weird space now. I mean, I know like, ma-
1: Massive's probably, their focus has to be uh, Outlaws mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. But, like, you know, it's just, it, I mean, I guess they just want people to know that something's coming. Because mm-hmm. you look at that release schedule for Ubisoft, and it's like, first off, two of the games nobody really believes exist, right. which is Skull and Bones and yeah. Beyond Good and Evil 2. Yeah. And, then you've got Outlaws and the fucking Foam thing. Or no, that's Square, foam stars square Enix. Uh, it sure looks like something Ubisoft would be It does. Make. <laughs> You're absolutely
0: right. Um, but anyway, and my guess also is that this is uh, PC, PS5, and Xbox series only. Um, I don't think we'll be dragging along the PS4 and Xbox One at that point. At least I uh, hope not. I don't think anybody's going to be doing that. We're kind really. of past it already. Like Even like Payday 3, which we're going to talk about today, it's only next gen it doesn't look like it yeah (laughs) if you look at this graphics it doesn't look like it at all but it is only ps5 and xbox series and pretty much almost all games are like that now the only games that are still dragging their feet are the sports games a lot of ea stuff still will do like all the platforms or whatever but most publishers at this point and developers have moved on and are next gen only uh next up i don't know if i believe this one even though it comes from sources that are usually like 100 percent reliable and this rumor is that red dead redemption 2 is coming to switch to me this is obviously it's got to be a cloud-based game well yeah i don't think there's any there's no way that they're gonna jimmy the code of this game to get it to run on the switch unless you want to do a mortal Kombat situation yeah, you know, which has turned into a complete nightmare. It's pretty funny, though. Yeah. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure NetherRealm was not like... not funny if
1: you paid 70 bucks for it, but right. it's pretty funny to see the screenshots. It
0: is. I'm sure NetherRealm looked at it like, hey, like, we're going to try to hook up Switch owners. And if it doesn't work out great, at least we tried, right? But the problem is that you're asking $70 for the game, mm-hmm. and there wasn't that much... Like coverage of the Switch version before the game's launched. In fact, there was hardly any. Like, I don't know if we have any footage of the
1: Switch version. I didn't see any until it came out. Yeah. Posting like, what the fuck is this?
0: Yeah. So there's a little
1: bit of some shady stuff going on there, honestly. Like. Sort of, but also like, if you're buying that kind of thing for the Switch, you should probably have realistic expectations of what that thing's going to look like, mm-hmm. which is about what it looks like. Yeah. And, like, I'm sorry, it's it's decade old hardware. Yeah. Um, would you want to play this game on the cloud? No. It, it feels like you're w- walking through molasses already. I don't, need, I don't need to add a second and a half of fucking input lag. That's Truth be told, it's not really like a Twitch game. It kind
0: of has the auto aim from Grand Theft Auto in it. You could, you could probably yeah, get I away. But I don't like where it aims.
1: Yeah, like, I turn that off.
0: It maybe. always aims like right in the chest. Yeah. and you have to like just kick it up a little bit up for the head. A little bit
1: for the head. Yeah, yeah. that's gonna be I, no. Of course
0: not. Why would I?
1: <laughs> why would I want to do that to myself?
0: I, I'm, my guess is it'll still sell very, very well. Sure. Um, even if it is a cloud-based
1: game, like oh, I'm finally play this boring, slow game on the go. <laughs> I, I, like, okay. I think a lot of people don't look at it that way. I think of a lot of don't. people, you well, know. Also, you can't play it on the go unless you have a fucking robust ass Wi-Fi connection because it's on the cloud. Like I don't see you're the right. point. I really don't see the point. It's like I know it sells, but it's so dumb. Yeah, it's it's point. I. I even as someone who has played The Witcher 3 in almost every incarnation, I still won't do touch it on this. Like, it's ridiculous.
0: Some of this cloud stuff that Nintendo does with third parties, I feel like it's Nintendo trying to keep a relationship with these
1: publishers when it has hardware capable of actually running these games. But they're never going to have hardware capable of running that the game that's the current thing for them So it's like, what you going to re-release Red Dead Redemption 2 on the Switch 2? Oh yeah. You know that's going like, to happen. Yeah. You know all the big third-party We're games. We're going to be from... 10 years out of date in hardware or software pick one. Basically. You know it's going to happen. Though. Sure. Well, what else are you going to do with it? Yeah.
0: I mean, and I think this might be part of it. Nintendo wants to maintain these relationships with these big third parties so that when they need them, they're going to be there.
1: Or at least there's a possibility. Yeah. Like Rockstar may or may not go for it. Right. But. Yeah.
0: Rockstar in particular is obviously always the X factor. You never know what <laughs> Rockstar's is going to do. Um, but at the same time, like if you're a Switch only owner, and I don't know why anybody would be that at this point, but there are people out there who only own a Switch. I think this is better than nothing. So... Is it... To us, it's not because we have the other consoles, but to them, it is. But like who, who cares about this game? Who doesn't have
1: other platforms to play anymore? it? Ha-
0: it's like a 97 Metacritic. A lot of people do. That never. If you're a Nintendo owner, you've never had a chance to play a lot. Look at like uh, the Red Dead Redemption One port. Like, you didn't see a lot of Nintendo fans complaining about that. We were the ones saying, $50 for that port? It wasn't the Nintendo fans complaining. They were like, Yahoo, I finally get to play Red
1: Dead Redemption. if you only own Nintendo systems, I guess you just don't know what the fuck you're talking about. (laughs) I mean, that could be part of it. (laughs) It's like, I'm sorry you've never seen a modern game. Yeah, Swanland
0: says Red Dead 1 already made a ton of concessions. They obviously don't care. I mean, they don't. Like... Nintendo well, because fans it's are, so long
1: after the fact. like Rockstar They're just, look, doesn't care. The, Nintendo just fans have
0: been them. beaten down since the
1: N64 era, as far as third-party games are concerned. That's well, the right B-roll for it. Yeah. <laughs> this is actual footage of Nintendo fans.
0: <laughs> Getting beaten up by third-party up party by, by third-party <laughs> publishers.
1: Um, look, they've been dealing with this for a
0: long time. If you're, like, a Nintendo-only gamer, man, you have missed out on so many great games from the last
1: 20 years. If you're like, a Nintendo-only gamer, I would argue you don't actually like video games. <laughs> You just like Nintendo games. Or you just don't have time In to play In which case, everything. why do you care about Red Dead Redemption 2? Like, I, no. I, I, it's, I just keep coming. I, it's, like, it's like a logic loop. I keep coming back <laughs> around like, what are you doing?
0: Yeah. There, I think Nintendo's just doing everything it can to get some decent third-party games on its platform. Sneaky
1: makes an actually, actually makes a good point. Nintendo fans think Pokemon runs great. So, yeah, yeah I guess there's just no... Do, are they really that deluded that they thought that, seen that Scarlet I've, and Violet I've, ran well? I've seen people claim that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, mean, I've, I mean, I've also <laughs> seen people scream at them about it. But, like, you know, the, the fans argue about that. But there are people who just have no, I guess... They the Nintendo sixty four was fine for them, and they have never moved past the fifteen frames per second <laughs> threshold. I guess I don't know. I forget that you spend time on Reset Era, which I do not. Mm-hmm. Which is a great place to rub elbows I'm with Nintendo
0: more, fans. I mean,
1: I'm thinking more Twitter. Yeah, I've seen that on Twitter more than anything else. Yeah, um, yeah, it's just sure whatever yeah. I, I mean if that's what you want to do to yourself we all have to live our lives but like <laughs> i'm happy for nintendo fans and some of them will get to play a game that they've probably wanted to play for a long gonna time get to play a crappy version of it that they're going to be charged too much money for so it's i i, I beg you to get a real <laughs> game system at some point i mean it
0: won't be long less than a year from now be my guess that there'll be another switch and this will all be that will also not run this game <laughs> properly
1: i think eh,
0: you're right it'll be borderline
1: probably I mean, it looked pretty good on base PS4. Yeah. It'll be all right. Yeah. But, but all right. All right's about <laughs> as far as you're going to go. <laughs> it's going to get. Like you buy a brand new system and you're already stuck with, that's ah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. More news from this week. PlayStation was hacked
0: by a dark web hacker this week. Or claims to be. That claims to be. It claims that it has, what, 6,000 emails or something?
1: Yeah. I thought it was 60,000.
0: Oh, I thought it was six.
1: It was much more than
0: that. I oh, thought. really? Yeah. Even so, wrong. it's like, so... You're gonna put out our email. I mean, I guess it could be pretty bad. We've seen that with Microsoft and Xbox. Yeah, well, they over can the sell the information
1: months. to other people. You, you know, you compromise things. You probably should trade change, secrets. You should probably change your password on PSN. Yeah. <laughs> just in case. You think
0: we all should? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they have that though. It didn't seem like they had compromising mm-hmm. data on customers or.
1: It's hard to tell, and there's no way to know if they even got anything. They're claiming it, but there's been no proof. But right. like, who knows? Yeah. Um,
0: seems like a big story. To really, not much to say about it though.
1: No, I mean, we'll see if anything happens. I mean, if, if PSN goes down for a week during Spider-Man, I guess that's a problem. That would be a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> no day one patch. Will the game even play without the day one patch? It would, but, like, I mean, I, if, if I were them, I would take it down a week before so to kill preloading. Yeah. So you can't even install it. Mm-hmm. Because even if you get the disc, you're gonna install that. But like, yeah, no, that would be mean. That'd be very mean.
0: I mean, the big fear if you're PlayStation or
1: Sony—that's the only way you could get me to play Super Mario Wonder first. Oh, <laughs> <If> they completely. <laughs> They're like, shut well, you I all. guess I'll play this until they get around <laughs> to like fixing DSN.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think if you're PlayStation or Sony or a big gaming publisher, your fear is losing source code, like losing a bunch of emails. They could be bad. It could not be.
1: But I mean, Sony has to just be worried about a repeat of the, P- the PSN debacle from mm-hmm. back on the PS3 where it was down for, what, like 14 days yeah. or something? That's right. what they're afraid of in this regard. Like, The hackers
0: could take it down somehow.
1: Yeah. How, I mean, who knows? Yeah. I'm not clear on how that was done. Me either. I still don't place, know how that was done. So.
0: Yeah. Um, I had even forgotten that that had happened, to be honest with you, until you brought it up. So, yeah. Um, I think this is a, a story that seems bigger than it actually is, but we'll see. There could be some stuff that comes out of it. Um and then finally, Matt, I really I was really starting to wonder there, but we finally got a little bit of a hint that maybe Hollow Knight Silk Song is coming out this year. There has been where movement. Where would you put this? What do you
1: say? Where would you ever where would you put this now in the schedule?
0: I don't know, but it's on my fantasy team. So <laughs> I, need, I need it to come out. <laughs> um there is uh, there has been work on the back end on Steam for Hollow Knight Silk Song. And typically when that happens, that's usually a sign that whatever game the uh, the activity is happening to is going to have some some major announcement very soon or it's going to be released very soon. So a little bit encouraging we're, that we may we're actually pushing get
1: pushing to... it to 2024 would in fact be a <laughs> major announcement. It
0: would actually. Um, I think you could find room in November and December
1: for this game easily. Yeah, but like then you're not going to make the Game Awards. Mm, yeah, I mean, if you got in November, I think you might. Early November could do it. Yeah. But I don't remember when the cutoff is, but it's earlier than you think. Don't forget, this was the supposed to... The cutoff is Call of Duty, let's be Pretty honest. Pretty much. That's Whatever. The, the cutoff <laughs> for the Game Awards is the week after <laughs> Call of Duty comes out, whenever that happens to After be. they know what the reviews are
0: and everyone's yeah. played it. You're generally right. That's usually how it kind of works. Um, But, I mean, I don't know. This game, remember, this game was supposed to come out on Game Pass in June.
1: This game was supposed to be DLC. Right. And now it's a full game or whatever. But this was supposed to be. At this on point, game I'm waiting Pass. for them to announce that Silk Song is its own console. Right. <laughs> it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger.
0: Now, you got to remember, I mean, Microsoft announced this
1: that Silk Song was going to be on Game
0: Pass in the summer. And here we are, we're heading into fall, and the game still isn't out yet. So it's kind of overdue by a couple measures and obviously had signed a deal with Microsoft. Did
1: they ever specifically say in the summer or did yes, they Yes, they did. Yeah. It wasn't just like the thing last year where they're like everything we show is going to be out in the next year.
0: No, huh. They specifically mentioned this game coming this summer mm. to Game Pass. So, I mean, you figure there's a deal there in place that they need to satisfy or they could lose out on a bunch of money. I don't know. Like what the hell's going on with this game? It's not that complicated like
1: mm. you it's gotta, really weird things that feel perfect.
0: Yeah. So anyway, If you're waiting for hollow knight silk song which i know a lot of people are because people love the love hollow knight it there's a slight chance it may actually come out this year still so keep your fingers crossed uh next up riding on the coattails of the capcom thing earlier we learned yesterday that camilla is leaving capcom which blew my mind i literally thought he would one day be the president of capcom he was leaving platinum oh i'm sorry platinum games yeah i'm sorry But he comes from Capcom, yeah. obviously. He he was part of the, the Devil May yeah, Cry team, Beautiful, beautiful Joe, Joe team. people.
1: They, they all basically left when they got sick of Capcom canceling their
0: yeah shit. He was the head of Clover Studio, which was a little imprint spinoff of Capcom. Um, and now he, is, he left Capcom for Platinum, and now he's leaving Platinum. And he hasn't really said what he's going to do. Have he's, you ever met Kamiya? No. He is a weird dude. You don't say. He's very quiet, very... a little creepy, I'll be honest with you, man. He kind of creeps me out a little bit. Um, I've been around him a bunch of times. I've interviewed him a couple different times. He's one of those interviews where you have to, like, keep prodding him to get answers out of him. He doesn't elaborate. Like, he tries to answer questions with yes or no. Like, I just remember struggling with this guy, working with him in the industry in the past. And obviously, his game ideas and his concepts are very creative and very unique. And often, people who are very creative like that are kind of like that. A little bit aloof, a little bit off-putting for a lot of people um how do you think this affects platinum
1: um probably not that much seeing as how they kind of don't do anything of note anymore. yeah um like to me i would imagine he's leaving to go do his own thing somewhere else where he's not bogged down by whatever going on at platinum because they don't they just sort of churn out mediocrity now mm-hmm. for the most by everyone a do. while. You had something interesting, but like, uh, I don't, I don't know. Like platinum is definitely, even by the standing platinum used to be like that kind of like held up as platinum. There's like that, that you know, that, like people would just be, Oh, they're the greatest thing. They make their own oh, nobody else. makes And like that, you don't even get that from the weirdo fanboys anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, yeah, they sort of fell off. They have fallen off. I mean, I, if there's
0: one studio that I think has fallen the most in the in games industry in the last decade, it's Platinum. For me, at least personally, mm-hmm. definitely Platinum. And I think generally, too, it's Platinum. Yeah.
1: I mean, I was never that impressed by them to begin with. The certain games, like, you know, uh, Nier Automa, 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 whatever. Like, those. Like, I like the Nier games. Um, but, like, you know, everyone fawns and fusses over that uh, Transformers game, and I thought that was garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, it's just boring rep, 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 repetition. It's like, oh, my God, they finally found a way to incorporate... Tra-. Like, no, they it's didn't. It's just a button masher. They don't incorporate transformation at all. He turns into a truck and hits a guy during the combo. <laughs> like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> like, it's so... Yeah. I mean, I appreciate, like, the presentation and the fact mm-hmm. that, like, made it all... Su- Cell Shade was, like, a lost episode. They like, got, like, all the living voice actors that were still in there. Yeah, there's awesome. good parts. But the game sucks. It the did, game is, yeah. a, is a brainless button masher that wants you to grind literally hundreds of times through that story... To afford, like, minor upgrades. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, the, that awful Avatar thing and, you know, the, the Ninja Turtles one was okay, I guess. Um it's just you can't trust the the quality out of them anymore, really. Yeah, I agree. Like, you have to sort of wait and be cautious, and that didn't used to be how they were.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'll say this. Camille has created some pretty great franchises.
1: Yeah. Memorable Also, he, he seems to have a lot of good ideas that just don't end up coming through in execution. Like, I think Astral Chain has a lot of cool ideas. I just don't think any of it ever makes it to the page very yeah. well. Like, I, I, I wonder if he's just sort of frustrated with maybe he wants to build his own kind of custom all-star team and sort of do his own thing because he did say I'll be I'll still be doing Kamiya things. Yeah. So my guess is he's just he's sort of striking out on his own to sort of get away from um uh from maybe whatever ha- I don't know what's happening. This is a there. blow to Platinum for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was their And I imagine league, if they could find much. a way to keep him they would.
0: Yeah. But, so this is well, some the, kind of I know breakdown. that the the letter that Platinum posted was gushing over him basically, like saying he's amazing, he's awesome, like basically hinting that like this wasn't our decision like we didn't want him to leave (laughs) so it'll be interesting to see where he ends up he could end up at like a nintendo or an xbox or a playstation where he becomes like creative lead for their eastern development studio or whatever like i felt he was headed that way ultimately anyway so Mm. maybe this is him just making his move i don't know he's not He's not like a whippersnapper anymore. He's got some years on him. So maybe he was just like, this is my time to make my career move and this is what I'm going to do. Maybe. I'm surprised that he didn't have announcement on the day that he left. But also that's not generally something that Japanese developers do either. There's always like this little grace period from when they leave some place and go to another one. Like Mm -hmm. I can't remember any Japanese developer that was like, I'm leaving this place and I'm going here. It's always like, I'm leaving this place and then like three weeks later or a month later, they're like, And by the way, I'm going over here now. I think it's, again, just a difference in how business is handled in Japan. There's a little more honor there, which we could probably use a little bit more of here in the United States. Uh, Another smaller story from this week. We got our first real look at Leslie Benzies of Rockstar and Grand Theft Auto fame's new game, Everywhere. And Matt, I don't think I could be more disappointed in this game. It is Roblox.
1: Oh, the Everywhere thing? yeah. Yeah.
0: This is what the guy who helped create the mo- what Grand Theft Auto ultimately became is working on now. It is a weird like MMO-ish like Roblox type mm-hmm. thing where you create your own games and play other people's creations. I mean that's and-
1: always what it said it was going to be. Like this is I mean it is very Roblox just an inter- like it looks like Roblox for older teenagers. Yeah. But like
0: and it looks like Fortnite. The art style is like mm-hmm. basically a total ripoff of Fortnite. Like, I don't know. To me, one of the creative minds behind what Grand Theft Auto became, I expected more than just this basically is, stealing the idea from somebody else. It's pretty much
1: exactly what I thought it was going to be. Yeah.
0: Well, after they, there was that last round of a beta where people were in the beta and there was some reports that leaked out about that. And we talked about it here on Game Face. And that's when we started learning what it actually was. Um, but still, like, there's supposed to be, like, single-player stuff that they're building that you're be- gonna be able to play through. This first gameplay trailer doesn't show
1: any of that. Like, mm-hmm. this is just them trying to say, you can make whatever you want, blah, blah, blah. Like... Oh, yeah, the teaser trailer was just dramatic nonsense. Mm-hmm. But it was obviously dramatic nonsense, so... Um uh, it is a bit of a downgrade to see what they show in that in the this art style in there and then the, the you know the scope of what they're trying to like sell you on in that teaser and then you see this you're like, Oh, okay, I get it. Well the last trailer that they put out, like
0: almost all the footage that they showed from the game looked realistic. Like they even had a little clip mm-hmm. of it in that trailer where they show like the yeah, realistic the car, racing, car like
1: yeah. burning out or Although whatever. Although that car racing didn't look very good to begin with in it terms of, of physics and yeah. so, Like it doesn't surprise me that's what this is. This game Um, is gonna flop. Oh yeah, it's too late to compete with Roblox. I'm sorry. Also, like I don't think I don't think anyone wants to compete with Roblox at an audience beyond what the audience of Roblox. One of the reasons Roblox works is that audience has the time to do that shit. Yeah, and I think the older you get, the less your time free time is there. And I don't you know. There's certainly people obviously that obviously do you know mods and yada but like I, who wants to do that yeah who wants to, and who wants to go dig through all this crap to find you know like if you were going to do that you're you're talking about the model being dreams and i guarantee you dreams had more flexibility than whatever this thing is going to have yeah so i don't see the point
0: yeah i don't either i think it's going to flop horribly i and it could be another case where leslie benzi studio one and done like like the striking distance with callisto protocol like you go all in spend all your investors money no return on the investment, nobody wants to invest in you anymore, and you got to go and try to find something else. So, anyway, um, disappointing to me to it see Leslie feels, Benzies. It new just games. feels
1: years behind the curve. It is, yep.
0: And what's going to happen it's going to launch, stuff's going to be half broken. They're mm-hmm. going to struggle for a year and a half trying to get all that stuff fixed. They're not going to be able to add new stuff for people to make it. It's going to be a mess. Oh, less time than that.
1: Yeah, this, probably thing right. this thing will fold in a year,
0: maybe we'll see. Um, so, anyway, there you go. That's Leslie Benzies everywhere, not looking too good. Uh, Next, we found out, and I'm curious to get your take on this, Matt. So we found out this week that Modern Warfare 3, the upcoming new Call of Duty that launches here in about, I guess, about a month and a half now. Two months? Mm -hmm. um, There is a... Wait, what is it? When is it? Uh, End of October, early November. Yeah, that's a month. Yeah, a month. Yeah, a month and a half, roughly. So, coming up quick. One of the finishing moves in Mortal uh, Mortal Kombat in Modern Warfare 3 is (laughs) a bong hit. (laughs) Oh. the player does a bong hit and then blows it in the face of the enemy and it kills him. Like I don't know. Like he's allergic, <laughs> I guess. Like, how do you feel about stuff like this, Matt? Bringing like drug culture into games and do you think that's something that we sh- that developers should be doing? I mean, I think it's this un written unstated thing that i think a lot of people just assume that a lot of gamers smoke weed Mm -hmm. or do drugs or whatever it's i
1: don't know if it's assumed so much as no
0: yeah i mean just look at the gamer tags all the 420s that you see in the gamer tags do you is it good for the industry to buy into that and go with it or do you think the industry should be trying to deflect from that stuff a little bit i don't think it matters no no um
1: it's an m-rated game who cares it is whatever do whatever you want it's stupid but a lot of those finisher things are stupid so
0: i mean i don't even care about the thing i don't even i do forgot
1: it. they were in them until i saw a video of it yesterday of somebody doing a couple of them i was like all oh, right you can do that in call in Warzone.
0: i told you about when my nephew visited and he that's was all that's all he wanted, to, all see, he wanted yeah. to do was do the gory finishers he didn't care about anything else so to some people that stuff is really important yeah
1: it's a haven't there been like pot leaves as icons yeah for thing forever, i mean they've, anyway? they've done like,
0: partnerships with snoop Dogg. like it's not the first time yeah. for sure i mean it's the first time that they've ever insinuated that we could kill you but
1: yeah i mean i don't understand that yeah because like, that's ne- literally never happened in the history of of uh civilization no one's breathe, ever died you should from... breathe in on him and then he should like he should uh, suddenly change and hug you and then you stab him in the back of the neck <laughs>
0: That would be great actually that would be, be <laughs> that would be my week that would be more realistic yeah. <laughs> for sure um i just wonder you know how much responsibility these developers and publishers have to zero kind of defend or protect the industry zero, zero.
1: yeah defend it from what it's legal mostly now like, it is there's there's, no, there's nothing there nothing. i'm just saying negative press you know there's certain no out, one, there's no certain
0: one. outlets out there that'll get a hold of this story and they'll run some salacious bullcrap on it nobody like, cares it's m-rated it's fine yeah doesn't matter
1: okay you don't like it don't let your kid play it
0: just thought I'd bring it up it just kind of struck me as odd I was like that's weird it's also weird I mean it's a
1: dumb idea for a finisher but that's about as far as I'll go with it
0: okay Um, and then finally we're going to talk about Cyberpunk 2077 2.0 as I said at the beginning of the show we're not going to discuss uh, the new DLC Phantom Liberty we're just going to discuss the complete overhaul of the base game um, now that Matt and I have both had some time to download it and fiddle with it um First of all, the first thing I would say is like I've been experiencing it on PlayStation 5. And by the way, if you own Cyberpunk 2077, you can download version 2.0 completely free. Um, so you don't have to pay any money to get the new... It's not even a new engine, though, really, is it? It's a
1: new lighting trick. It's yeah. a new, it's a new way, way of doing the ray tracing, denoising. Yeah.
0: Um, That basically gives you a lot of the features that you thought you were going to get in all PlayStation 5 games. And here we are three years later, and we're getting Mm -hmm. it in hardly any PlayStation 5 games. Although the big
1: change is the the complete revamp of how the game skill systems work.
0: Yeah, which we'll get to in a second. But I think what most people care about first are the visuals. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. You're right because the big <laughs> change is to the the.
1: Yeah. To be honest, unless you have a super powered PC, you're not going to notice a huge change in the visuals. And
0: that's what I was getting at. So having played it on PlayStation Five, I'm honestly disappointed that it doesn't look better than it does. It also does like this. I dynamic, think it looks about
1: as good as it can look.
0: It probably does. Yeah, it does this like dynamic resolution scaling where it will jump from like 4K to 1080p to 720p to 21p. Like it jumps all over the place and you can see it. Like it creates like these little. I don't know how to explain it. Almost like these little minor, like, disturbances in the image mm-hmm. that you can pick up on. Like, almost like pixie dust is, like, sprinkling on the screen a little bit. Yeah, that's like, a
1: mix of the of the resolution change and the denoiser. Yeah. Like, you still, even on on my PC, you still see a little bit of that around characters that are in smoke or fog. Mm. Um, like that makes little, sense. Like, a little sparkling. Uh-huh. And it used to be more. Like, you used to see a lot more of it through, like, dark walls Uh, or, um, the seams on the cars Mm. would have that. Yeah. Um, the new denoiser, the new, the ray, ray path, path tracing or something like that. Um, it, it makes that a lot cleaner on PC. Yeah. It's, um. On Matt's rig, by the way,
0: it looks like maybe the best looking video game ever. If you're,
1: if you're, so if you're walking around, uh, if you're walking around at night in the rain in the city. It is probably the best-looking video game of all time. It's pretty. Insane. If you're driving at full speed in the Badlands during the day, it's just like level of detail pop in the game. Yeah, um, there's, there are. It is. It it, it goes from the, to the top of the top of the top to the middle <laughs> of the pack. Sometimes uh, yeah. it just it they just do not between the way the engine dr- like like loads in more detail and the way the denoiser like re- you know high reses things as you get in, especially billboards and freeway signs. Yeah, like. It's just not. I can understand. I think why they're building a new engine because it seems like it's they haven't been able to find a way around to make it stream uh, detail in fast enough to keep up with the speed of the vehicles. Yeah. Um. If you're just walking around town or running around town, amazing. Yeah. Just amazing. Like there are. And yeah, I, I started over. I started a new game, um, and just basically burned through it to um. Uh, get to the point where Phantom Liberty will be available as a quest. Yep. Um, which isn't too far in, honestly. It's not that far. Um, but like, and I also I will say if you are going to play Phantom Liberty, uh, make sure you have a, either body or technical ability at at least 18. Because you don't need to be that high level to tackle it, but it does want you to use those skills to make life easier for you a couple of times, and yeah. you definitely want one of those in play. Uh, I did not when I started, and I ended up going back and leveling up some more, and coming back when I had 18 in technical ability. Ah, gotcha. Um, but um, like even like scenes that I've seen, you know, seven times. To- yeah, because I played the beginning of this game a few times because of you know the problems at launch and yeah. restarting when it on another platform because the, obviously the consoles weren't working very well. So I switched to PC and then I started it again on the new PC later when they revamped things, and I've done it again. Even scenes that I've seen several times look very different with the new with the new way they like the scene where you first meet Dexter it felt like like oh this is what you wanted this to look like yeah. originally. Like his he- his face is still kind of in shadow. You can sort of see his size and shape.
0: Even on PS five, I got that vibe yeah. too. Like
1: you can you can't really see what he's saying, but like his face lights up from the light of the cigar when he takes mm-hmm. a drag. Like it's it's, yeah. it's very it's very noir. It's and a lot it's more very, dramatic. It feels very intentional. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like the there's there's moments where some of these these characters' faces, the lighting on them is is unreal like and i don't mean and not even unreal because unreal doesn't even look that good yet but like yes that's the truth but like things were like you're just you know it's nighttime in the rain and you're watching people walk down the sidewalk and they're holding like those colored neon umbrellas and they're looking at their phone and the neon umbrellas bathing them in purple light and the phone is bathing them in blue light and the blue and the purple are mixing on their face and like you see reflections of of them and you can see the actual umbrella and their cl- everything in detail on the reflection of the puddle and then outside the puddle where there's dry ground there's still like a purple haze from the reflection of the of the thing that it's it's amazing ridiculous. it's you can read signs and billboards in the reflections of car car that's doors a huge deal like that's it's, a huge huge that's the problem is these little things take so much processing take so much power. power and like and it's, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, does this make the game better? No. no. But does your brain notice it, like, and, like, and like, does it translate into this, like, very real location? Yeah. Like, it does It does make some kind of aesthetic difference, which is impressive.
0: Yeah. Um, Let's talk about the and upgrade like, and the perk
1: changes. Because I'll be honest with you, Matt, I was almost, like, overwhelmed by... Yeah, the- it's a complete... It, the, I'll, I'll say that, you know, you know I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of this game. I, I mm-hmm. felt like it left me very cold. Um... I have not played Starfield in a week because I played this game for 45 hours. Yeah, Uh, this is a this this feels like a completely different game to play. It really does. The whole I know
0: we can say it all we want, but it's we're being honest. Like it really Mm -hmm. does feel like completely different. Like you can shape. Who your character is so much better now than you could before. One yeah. well, also, they, like, they, you can really hone in on exactly what you want your character. Well, they also to haven't be.
1: locked dumb shit behind the skill tree, like right. the crafting is not locked behind the top tier skill, right? Which is yeah. was always stupid. Stupid. Yeah. Um, the like ev- almost every perk. So like the, it works the kind of the way it used to, where you level up the individual uh, attributes, and then as you get, I think it's four, nine, 15... And twenty are the levels of the skill trees on each each attribute, and I think you can level up. I think the level cap is sixty now, so you can get you can get three maxed out. Mm-hmm. Um, like every single perk, and then like so, the perks for the skill tree. Every single perk is a dramatic change. Every yeah. single perk is a tangible and it's a tangible uh, upgrade on a t- or a new ability or something you're going to feel the difference of immediately. It's not like the old skill tree where it's like. Three percent more damage on your quick attack, and you it's never like, feel you know, it. no. It's it's like stuff that's like oh wow, look at that! Like that, yep. that's that's going to change how I approach combat yeah. now. Yeah, um, meaning they're meaningful upgrades. You can mix them, and like the other thing that I think is great is so they've separated out. Uh, you they, they, they still have Street Smarts as a separate like upgrade tree, which is funny to me because the all you get from the Street Smarts upgrades are very minor percentage discounts at stores. Mm-hmm. So each five you get one percent. In the end, you get fifteen percent off in stores if you max Street Smarts out. <laughs> That's all you get. Yay. But there's a bunch of other skills that, that level up. So there's, there's a Headhunter, Net Runner. Solo, which turns out to be just like, solo is like just like heavy weaponry and close up com- like melee combat. I don't mm-hmm. know why it's called That's a cyberpunk thing. That's, yeah. that's what solo means. I might be named after a character. Um, engineering, which is crafting and, and disassembling things. Um, and there's one other one. Uh, no, shinobi, which is certain guns and stealth. Mm-hmm. Um, those all continually level up. From what you do, so like if you're using shotguns or melee, you'll get solo. Yeah, that
0: experience. part's still there, if and I like that. That's one each, of the things that I like. Every five about.
1: levels, you get a bonus from that. You get more perks from yeah. that. You get big change. Like engineering, you get you can end up carrying hundreds more pounds of of Stuff. items in your inventory. Yeah. But the key is, you're always getting those, and you get more XP. The, the the basically you no longer have the thing from the original version of the game where you do all these side jobs and after like five side jobs or gigs you'd be like halfway up to the next level yeah you're constantly leveling up you're constantly getting something you're constantly being rewarded for what you're doing the you get way more money you do. from doing everything yeah. some stuff costs more but like you you feel like you're getting way more money, and you're getting you're you're progressing more. Like you have a hundred thousand euro dollars in the space of the first four hours of the game, mm-hmm. where that used to take like fifteen hours. Yeah, maybe. yeah. Um, you just feel like you're get you feel like you're doing something all the time. Even you know they haven't really even revamped like how kind of bland a lot of the side jobs are or the gigs are. But yeah, they didn't really change stuff like you're that. you're probably at all. rewarded now. Right, like you feel even if you don't, and you, your rare loot is more common. Uh, rare uh, clothing is way more common because the clothing, A, weighs almost nothing now and B, does not contribute to your stats. Yeah. You can wear whatever the hell you want. worth a ton of money.
0: Like, that's where yeah, I make well, a lot
1: of my money, selling clothes. <laughs> I make more, most of my money selling weapons. Weapons and clothes, yep. And, like, but you can use the clothes. Like, the clothes are just whatever you want to wear. Some of them have, like, little bonuses for yeah. things. Like, Netrunner suits will give you, like, quick hack bonuses or whatever. But generally, you can wear whatever the hell you want, which is how it always should have been because it's a cyberpunk game and you should be... Choosing the look of your character is a very specific choice. Uh, all your stat upgrades come from cyberware now, yeah. which is vastly improved. It's again—it helps you shape like how you shape everything, yeah. uh, how what you can do. Everything's much more straightforward in terms of what it is, how you upgrade it. Uh, the, the the upgrade materials are more straightforward. Like crafting stuff is more straightforward. Like, they just streamlined it all. It to, feels to... like
0: the game that they would have made if they weren't rushed.
1: Yeah. Ultimately, yeah. if they'd been able to like really sit back, take the and think time
0: about and it. think about it, play it a little more, understand mm-hmm. how players are going to play it, I mean, I, it's kind of a cliche. I'm sure you've seen it all over the internet or Twitter, or wherever you are on social media. That this is the game that it should have been at launch. It's a cliche because it is true. Mm-hmm. Like this is really the game that I kind of thought it was going to be when I played it for the first time three years ago. So. Um, again, it's a free upgrade. So if you're somebody who bought Cyberpunk 2077 three years ago and you played like five hours of it and you're like, "Oh, this thing is busted," and you're ready to give it another go now, it's the perfect time.
1: It's a, it's much more fun. Yeah that's a good way to put it like that it's it's more yeah. fun like yeah. I didn't have a lot of fun playing this game before and now it is more fun my issues with the story remain mm-hmm. uh, they still don't really know what cyberpunk is because yeah. the punk is sort of left out mm-hmm. and that continues in the expansion in very <laughs> hilarious ways which we'll yeah. get we'll get to next week but like um, in general like I had a really good time playing it which is not something I can say about cyberpunk before like and you hadn't finished it before either like, I have you- not I still haven't but like I'm further yeah. than I ever got before. Yeah. I probably played it more this week than I've played it total previously in all the years. Yeah, <laughs> in three years since. Um, and I'm enjoying. I really enjoyed it. And I, even with my caveats on certain things, like um. I am forced at this point to admit that I don't think female V is a very good voice performance. Yeah. Which I think is weird because that actress is very, very good most yeah. of the time. I just don't believe anything that comes out of her mouth. It sounds <laughs> V sounds like she's lying. It all could the be time. writing, though, that does that, too. Some of it. I mean, a lot of the writing is stiff in places. Mm-hmm. Um, some of that's stylized due to the setting. But some of it is just like, how, how can you deliver that line? Believably, you can't really.
0: Yeah, I think some um, of it is maybe some ESL stuff. English as a second language.
1: Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, overall, you know, and I still um, I still believe very strongly, especially after seeing that montage again, that you were originally supposed to play through those six months of getting into Jackie yeah. and coming up in the city. Yeah. Um, because there's so many specific things in that montage where I'm like, that's a designed character that yeah. got thrown into a car there. Like, you're like that was clearly supposed to be someone that we yeah. sort of made our name through. Yeah, like, yeah. That, that getting to the point to know T-Bug and meeting her and then she's your connection to Dex. Like, that's the flow there. And I'll be honest, if one day they decided to go back and add that part, I would play it again yeah. to do that part. I'll say this. It is amazing how much I still cared
0: about him in the limited amount of time that I spent with him in the game. Like yeah, I
1: still cared. I, I will say this: um, going through this again, like one of, and maybe it's just because I picked different dialogue choices, but like I don't like him very much in this. Really, like he was kind of a dick. Interesting. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure what the difference is, and like once you get, even when you get, maybe it's just me getting older and changing, coming back because part of it I did. I guess I didn't recognize here's one of the interesting things about the detail on this version of, you know the, the upgraded path tracing thing and it reveals a lot more detail in things including the characters faces like mm-hmm. I said they're good the nuance and one of the things this was an interesting thing where the scene early on where like you meet him out right after the first thing and you meet him outside where he borrows your car and he's sitting at the noodle stand yeah. and you go sit down with him in that scene all of a sudden I could see how old he was Nah. In that, which wasn't there before, and yeah. Digital Foundry even point, pointed this out later. I watched that video and I'm like, ah, Digital Foundry saw too. He's got all these lines under his eyes that you and couldn't see before. He's, he's older and cra- I'm like, oh, he's way older than V. Like uh-huh. V's like 22, 23. Right. Oh yeah, he's like in I mean, his I 30s. picked up on that that he was older. I figured out he's sure. older, but I didn't realize how beat down he. I mean, he's yeah. older. He looks older than he rough is. rough life, man. It'll and like, you. and there's an <laughs> element of rushing into this job head first, which like. It, you know, not and in in the previous playthroughs, I kind of felt like, oh, he's just like V. They're hungry for this. They wanted to. I didn't quite get until this time and seeing that on his face that like, oh, th- you think this is your last shot? Yeah, yeah. Like he thinks he's... you're the it, young punk giving him his last chance. Yeah. yeah, and like so he's so I'm like, oh, okay, that's but it also like you're even dumber to me now
0: like, I, like <laughs> that's I, why i cared about him though i could see he was like on his last like run or right whatever. but
1: like then that also made me pick slightly different dialogue choices especially in the it elevator everything yeah. and i um, and he's and he just doesn't see it yeah. he's too blinded by it. and then of course you have to deal with his mother later right right and you're like you know and even that where it's like yeah, i was a little more honest in the ofrenda scene and she didn't like that mm-hmm. very much i'm just like yeah i'm like he. Because it's, 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 there's p- things you can pick where it's just like, oh, he loved life, all he wanted, like bullshit. Yeah, he- that's not what <laughs> he didn't love life. He, he all all that mattered to him was his friend. Those are the things I picked in previous playthroughs, and this yeah. time, like, he wanted it, he went for it, and he died because of it. Yeah, and that that's, that's who the he truth. really was. Yeah. That's the truth. Yeah. And like, all the gang members appreciated it, but the family did not appreciate yeah. it. Um, I also didn't pick up before that he's the last remaining of her kids. Yeah, that that he was like they all all the others died it's a rough existence yeah. um but that's night city for it you, is so yeah so th- it's funny that like just sl- so i say i guess i contradict myself there where i'm like does it add to the game that the graphics look but it did add to jackie it changed to it. see yeah. that on his face yeah. so it, 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 that is a different thing it yeah. did change my perspective on a character not for the better really but uh again like it it's it, it and it, might, it must be gratifying for cd project red where it's like suddenly the detail you put into these characters is finally coming through yeah that's true. The other thing I'll say is, if you run the game at 4K with everything maxed out on my PC, it runs at about 34 frames a second. If you turn on DLSS, it runs at 87. Not surprised. So, um, DLSS is <laughs> is the future.
0: <laughs> That's all we know. Nintendo knows that better than anyone. Uh, so there you go. That's Cyberpunk 2077 2.0 again free download if you have the game already you can download it for free as matt and i just explained it changes the game drastically we both believe for the better and then next week we'll get back with you guys and we'll talk about the last dlc for cyberpunk 2077. and with that it's time to hear a word from our sponsor ls cream ls cream is a fine cream liqueur created by fellow gamer and sifter stevens charles It's inspired by an ancestral recipe from Haiti called Cray Mass, and a double gold winner for its original taste at the New York Wine and Spirit International Competition. Ellis Cream can be enjoyed on the rocks or as a mixer for drinks with its rich blend of fresh cream and neutral grain spirits with notes of coconut, vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. It's great in coffee or to make espresso martinis, to learn more, discover amazing drink recipes, or to track down your own bottle using a handy store locator, head to creamls.com slash sifted. That's creamls.com slash sifted. So oddly enough, my aunt is in town right now, Matt. She works for Kraft as like a lawyer or whatever, and she's in LA meeting with corporate blah, blah, blah for the whole week. She's never been here before. She's 60. She's about to retire. She's like mm-hmm. 63 or whatever. Um... And anyway, she's coming over to our place on Thursday. She's never seen our place. She's never been to L.A. before. And what am I going to do? I'm going to mix her up a drink with L.S. Cream because she loves to drink. And she'll be coming off happy hour with her boss when she meets up with us. So I'm excited to mix her a drink with L.S. Cream. If you're interested in mixing up a drink with L.S. Cream, head to creamls.com sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D. Uh, there's there's again I say it every week but I'm not exaggerating it is one of the most awesome websites for a liqueur I have ever seen. It has everything there you need. If you're interested, you can b- figure out how to buy it online, you can figure out where to buy it locally. There's awesome drink recipes, awesome awesome stuff at creamls.com/sifted. And with that, it's time to kick off the show proper. However, I think we do have a couple questions that we should answer before we moved on. One of them was from Sneaky. He asks, um, he says, "I've got 15 hours invested in Cyberpunk
1: 2077, but I don't want to start it again
0: to get the new perks. How does that work?"
1: You just reset all your stuff, and you'll have to buy them out of the new on the new trees. Yeah,
0: just respecs basically. It's just like choosing respec in any other mm. RPG. So they figured it out. They know there's a lot of people like you. Um, I the had other, already finished the game, and
1: yeah. The other thing is. Um, the other thing they do add, each each attribute gets a vehicle-related perk now, mm-hmm. which is at level one, like, at the bottom. Like, you don't need to upgrade the this the attribute to get that. But it makes dealing with the vehicle combat later in, in the expansion easier, um, but isn't very useful outside of the expansion. Yeah. So I would argue that if you are playing the game without the expansion, you can ignore those. Yeah.
0: Yep, that's a good way to put it. And then Nox Aedernidis asks um, if I'm playing at the 60 or 30 frame mode. So I started, I almost almost always play on the 30 frame mode. 90% of games, I always choose the quality over the frame rate. Uh, this game is a first-person shooter, so I started out at 30 frames to make it look better, to check it out, and then when I started getting into actually playing it, I set it to the 60 frames per second. So in shooters, it matters a little more to me than in other genres. Um, so yeah, I actually tried them both, but now that I'm actually playing it, I'm playing it in the 60 frames mode. So... Well, you're just playing it on whatever mode you want because you have this beastly PCD. Right, when I, I have it capped at 60. 60 yeah. is fine. Yep. That's more than fine. Okay. It's time to get on with the show proper. We're going to kick things off with what we mentioned earlier, which was the biggest game at Tokyo Game Show 2023. And in all honesty, it might be the biggest game from now until when it comes out in like February on Leap Day, no less. And that is Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Um... This week, it has been a gigantic blowout of this game. For those of you who may not remember, it is the second entry in the Final Fantasy VII Remake. You think it's going to be a trilogy, ultimately? Where, that's where we're going to end Probably. up with just three of them? That would be my guess too. I
1: think if this really finished the story, they'd be bragging about that by now. Yeah. Um,
0: and I'm just going to tell you, I don't know if you've been on Sifted or whatever, this game has just been blown out for the last week by Square Enix, which is so weird because it's still like five months away from release. To get a blowout like this... Like square enix for example sent me a 30 minute chunk of gameplay from the beginning of the game just 30 minutes and like i'm just like okay (laughs) that's Mm. like that never happens like nobody ever does that like a publisher sends out a big chunk of gameplay like that for you to use for b-roll to cut up and do whatever you want to do with it um usually it's like
1: 15 minutes maybe well they just seem to be pretty confident on this one
0: they they seem exceedingly confident on this one um So, the whole game... This is the beginning of it, by the way. So, this game starts, um, and you're basically opening the door. You're leaving Midgar for the first time. Um, It is... um, You're leaving... What is it? Is that called Mithril Cave? Is that right? Sure. I think that's that's what it's called, if I remember correctly. You understand I
1: haven't played this game since 1997. Me too. I
0: mean, me too. Uh, But I think that's what it was called, was Mithril Cave. Um, So, you're leaving Midgar... Um, and generally, how the old game worked was you left Midgar, and then you went to like the overworld map, mm-hmm. which was just this like two D thing that you would just traverse to get to your next destination. No, it, was like, it was like
1: a normal map or something. It was like a big. It was a, you were know, just going kind to of rotate it in front of you, yeah, like a fake globe, right? Yeah, yeah, and then you'd have to find points of interest, right? Like hammering the X button.
0: Well, in this instead of going to that big overworld map, although there is a big overworld map that you can you can pull
1: up whenever you yeah, want. Yeah, I'm sure to. this is going to use the big open area and then traverse the map to get to the next yeah.
0: area you thing. actually do the traveling in real time in 3d from one location to the next and if you remember um i think your next stop is junon or whatever it's like the yeah. city that's owned or run by the bad guys um it's, again, your next main it's stop. been so long there's some
1: things in the middle there's red 13's village and all some right things like that right
0: um and if you haven't been able to pick up on it yet from the footage that you're watching, um, you're, it's Cloud, Aerith, Tifa, Barrett, and Red Thirteen. Red Thirteen is now a playable character in the game, mm-hmm. which was not a thing in the in the original game. And it's really weird. There's like
1: some, well, he, but not at this point. Right. The game,
0: There's but. footage of him riding a chocobo in this B-roll, which is just one of the most bizarre things I have ever seen. He's like also, it's like a dog saddled up on a big chicken. It's like, the other thing I would say, too, about this in general is that it's, I love that Square Enix has just decided that, like, wacky is
1: okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I
0: think a lot of the you charm You don't really of have an
1: option with this game. No. Because people forget, but it, it did get pretty weird at times. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times it got freaking weird, I thought. I mean, at one point they wake a vampire up and he joins the like, Right. It's like, it's like there's no— <laughs> But it looks like this, just like the first remake— it, it
0: does kind of the same thing it expands like smaller sections of the original game into bigger things in this one, like full blown, like for example, like the overworld map is now a full blown pseudo open world area that you actually traverse. But then it also makes like small, but significant
1: changes to key moments from those games as well. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I it, mean, that's cool. There was nothing in the first one that was like that far reaching just in terms of visual. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about this? Just, like, the venturing out in the open world. The traversal looks a little weird. It does look a little stiff. Yeah. I mean, I liked it in 16. Yeah. But, like, who knows? Like, I didn't like the first one very much. I mean, neither, um, neither one of us did. And I don't really expect to feel any different about this one. But it looks like they're doing... I mean, if, it, if this is basically the way I think you should do adapting the original into this form of game. So, mm-hmm. I mean... This, I mean, I don't have a criticism of it. I just... it's This is what they should do, and they did it. I mean, there were some people that were worried it was going to be like, oh, just pick a thing on a map, and there you are.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and it looks like they went for a more... Um, um, like, I'm not 100% convinced there's not going to be jumping from map to map, because it looks like this is not a big enough map to contain the entire rest of this part of the game. Oh, no, it's but not. like People haven't figured out yet,
0: though, if the territories... If you're going to just get zapped to them, or if you're actually going to travel. Like, in...
1: Well, this clearly you, build, take a, you take some kind of a train to the gold saucer, right. so I imagine there's going to be some kind of transition between things. In this build right now, there's
0: invisible walls
1: between the regions,
0: yeah. so people are confused. They're like, "Are those going to stay there in the final game? Are they going to disappear? And then you can just run into that area? Nobody My guess really is knows. You're going to
1: have to pick, go down certain roads to get to it's possible. exit points, basically. But
0: basically, it's not an open world game. It's very much like the last two God of War games, where there's these, as you're seeing right now, there's these big open areas that you can play in, but ultimately, there are load times that load in new areas and things like that. So I feel like they're trying to strike a balance between the old and the new, and I feel like God of War did the same thing. They're like, we're not going to go all in on open world stuff, but we're going to make it seem like an open world at times. We're going to make it seem like a more directed. Nine times out of 10, that's good enough. Yeah, I agree.
1: Um, And it's not like there was anything to actually do in the overworld in the original game. So this is already an upgrade.
0: Well, there's a lot to do out in the open areas now, um, which is kind of crazy. Like some of the stuff that you can do... Um, let's talk about, let's see how we want to talk. Let's, let's talk about the open world a little more. So as we talked about, it's kind of like God of War, but it's big enough that they give you mounts and they give you vehicles. So obviously, Oh, obviously, well, right now what's happening is that Chocobo is taking you to a Chocobo stop. Yeah. And that, and this is, and as you lift that pole, that unlocks a fast travel point. So all the fast travel points in the game are Chocobo stops. And if you find a Chocobo chick like that and you follow it, it will take you to the stop where you can open up a new fast travel point.
1: Somebody, so Somebody like Ghost of Tsushima, I see.
0: A little, yeah. I mean, there's, Following the fox. I think you can see a lot of influences of a
1: lot of different games in this um that's wise to let you pet the chocobo
0: yeah they yep they let you pet the chocobo which people would freak out about if that were not the case
1: yeah another nice thing in cyberpunk 2.0 is you can pet there's cats around town you can pet them all now not just your own yeah. cat yeah that's true
0: um and then the the thing about the chocobos, yeah, you can you have upgrade to carry
1: them. cushions with you to
0: rest on these uncomfortable benches. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's funny. There's all kinds of little stuff like that in this game It has pleasantly surprised me. To be honest, like stuff that I never dreamed would be in a final. While well, everyone fast. else
1: stands around and watches you re- <laughs> relax on your little
0: pad. Um, so anyway, though these Chocobo stops, they create the uh, fast travel points in the game, so you'll be able to get around pretty quickly. But again, also, there's mounts. And the Chocobo, when you first start out, they're just a way to get somewhere quickly on the ground. But eventually, you get Chocobo that can fly, which is bizarre. Have you seen the footage of the Chocobo flying? Yeah.
1: I mean, they've always looked weird <laughs> flying.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, it makes no sense from a physics perspective. And then also, the Chocobo, eventually, you get one that can run up
1: vertical walls. Yep. Which looks even more strange. All straight out of the original. Yeah. Like that was. I mean, you spent hours breeding those fuckers to get those abilities. Yeah. Going to get that gold chocobo.
0: Yep. You can also you you find uh, chocobo plumes throughout the game. You use those to upgrade the chocobo armor. Um, to summon any of your mounts, including the chocobos or vehicles, you just tap the R1 button. Um, and again, you can if you just want to fast travel everywhere, you can just use the chocobo stops to do that. Um, once you're out in the open world, they do, do do give you some stuff to make use of that space. Um, one of the mission objectives out in the open areas is kind of like Monster Hunter. They're called uh, hunt missions, and basically they're combat trials where you have to defeat a group of enemies before a timer runs out, while also completing a checklist of challenges. So... It kind of hones in on the combat and forces you to become better at the combat
1: in the game, which I think is interesting. Or, in my case, uh, guarantees I will never do any of that because (laughs) no interest in being timed. Well, you can also go back and replay them
0: if you want to. Like, if you don't get all the mission objectives in the amount of time that they give you. You can go
1: back and do them easily when they're no longer valuable to you. Yeah. Pretty much. Oh, <laughs> well,
0: I should have also mentioned earlier, and you guys may have figured this out already by looking at the trailers. But you also play a Sephir- Sep- Sephiroth, which is mm-hmm. something that wasn't in the original game either. So um, they're again expanding things in certain ways to make it different while still adhering. There are cutscenes in this that are like word for word, shot for shot from the original as well. Mm-hmm. So and then there's scenes that are
1: completely new.
0: That yeah, that are completely new. There are other scenes. Well, there's dif- a
1: different timeline or whatever they're right. doing with this.
0: Yep. Um, There's also crafting. You can craft items like potions and phoenix downs. So you've already seen in this B-roll. There's just various herbs and things out in the environment that you need to collect. And you can use those to craft your potions and your phoenix downs. And then let's talk about the combat in this. At first blush, it looks identical to the first remake. Which was basically this system where you chip the enemy down until you staggered them, And then you unloaded. And that was pretty much the flow of combat. Now... That still remains the same. It still combines real-time attacks and moving with issuing party commands when their action meters get full. So basically how it works is you control yourself, but you can also have some influence over your party members. You have to watch their meters. Once they get to a certain point, you can navig- You can slow down time to like a crawl and then go through their menus, choose their attack, and then they can attack. So you do have some semblance of, of uh, agency over your party members in this, which was something that you did not have in Final Fantasy XVI. So some people may... And I'll be honest with you, that was something I felt was a little bit missing in Final Fantasy 16. I didn't. You didn't
1: miss it at all? i rather... I prefer to concentrate on one character Okay. in that. Because um, I didn't think the babysitting of the different characters in in, re, in Remake worked very well. Like, I, I they, they didn't do what I wanted when I wanted them to. I did not have the patience to learn how to, like, fine-tune that system. Mm-hmm. And... Um, just didn't care. Like I'm real tired of the wear a meter down so then you can wear another meter down thing. Like and I think Square does it in the most boring way, like on a regular basis. Uh even sixteen suffered from that to some degree, although yeah. it for whatever reason, sixteen felt like it took way less time to break guard than Final Fantasy Seven did. Yeah. Um and it's just I don't know. Like I the, it, 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 I understand the appeal of the system, but like Square takes it too far and have been taking it too far in this series in particular since 13.
0: Yeah. Um, there are tweaks to the combat, though. It's not exactly like the first remake. Um, it, the object is still the same. You still chip down the enemies until you stagger them. Then you unload with your limit breaks, which are basically your over-the-top, most powerful attacks. However, there's something called new synergy skills, which let you team up with party members for more powerful combos, Um, that you perform by holding R1, and then you either tap the triangle or the square. So, I don't know. Based upon the footage of it that I saw in this B-roll that Square Enix sent us, it was really hard for me to tell the difference, like, that versus just spamming the square without holding the R1. I mean, it's it's a whole other list of attacks, so it does give you a little bit more variety. It's kind of hard to see it when it's happening, that there's much of a difference from the normal combat. However... There are things called synergy abilities that are available if two characters have matched out, or have maxed out the synergy gauge. And then basically it's a two-character limit break. So a two-character like, finishing move where you team up with someone else in the party, and those are pretty cool. Now, I will say this. They're a little bit like, um, what are those attacks in Mortal Kombat 1? that's cinematic and you can't skip them in the middle uh, of fight the,
1: the fatal blow or yeah what?
0: the fatal blows it's a lot like that like there are these elaborate cinematics that play out and i could see where after a while you may hope that there's an option to turn mm-hmm. those off those cinematics i doubt that there will
1: be it's funny that like you like in this the in the more like highly detailed way of presenting this there's it's just more and more obvious it's like Aerith, you should really change clothes <laughs> like you should have pants on while we're doing it this, is a little this, absurd you know? yeah um, I'm, but I mean, do you have is... any idea how many ticks she's going to have on her ankles after this? <laughs> <Like it's... laughs> you got to dress for the for the job. I mean, this is kind of what the fans want, though, don't you think? Oh yeah, like there'd be hell to pay if she changed into like some kind of hiking outfit. For Imagine for... what would happen. Oh, the the, the, the in the streets. <laughs> the and whole S- world N-Squ- would burn down. Square really would be sold
0: um sneaky ass is their chocobo armor dlc i don't know if there's dlc for armor but again as i mentioned earlier you do upgrade their armor with the
1: plumes keep keep an eye on your your pre-order bonuses
0: yeah i mean honestly there probably will be i mean i'm guessing there's gonna be cosmetics for everyone that you can pay real money for if you want to hopefully there's some way to earn it in game without having to pay real money uh, but anyway, the synergy abilities, again, they're basically like a two-character team-up finishing move that you can pull off. God, the level, the LOD pop-in is insane. Yeah. That's their engine. I mean, it's kind of, that's kind of the way it is, unfortunately.
1: Like, the ground clutter is just, like, clearly beyond. Well, what he's creeping. He
0: I'm like, hey, you can't move anymore
1: slowly in a game, <laughs> and still it's, like, popping when it, when in. When he rolled across the little clearing there, just all the dandelions just suddenly Appeared. came into existence. Yep. Uh, there's also new materia
0: in this beyond the materia that was in the last remake. And basically, if you if you don't remember or if you didn't play the first remake, they're basically just things that give you combat buffs. They, they do some other stuff as well, but generally, that's what they do the most. Um, and then generally, I just, again, I found the on-foot traversal to look a little awkward, but again, you have like mounts and you have vehicles and you have fast travel points. Like, I don't know that that's even gonna, that's probably gonna be a moot point ultimately, whether the traversal on foot looks good or doesn't look good or works well or doesn't work well i don't think it'll be a big element in the game once you get used to the fast travel and all the other ways that you can travel that are in the game so didn't expect the Gishal greens to be red
1: yeah yeah how are you feeling about this matt oh i don't care you don't care i don't like this game very much i didn't like the remake very much i didn't like the original all that much whatever like I'm, I'm glad people who like this game are finally getting this remake they wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, it still feels weird to me to break it up into all these chunks. Yeah. I wonder if once the third one's out, they'll do some sort of like unification pack where probably. like yeah, re- reunion. That's probably gonna be the the re- subtitle reunion? third one. Reunion. You're right. Yeah, because <laughs> they have <laughs> called other Final Fantasy games like that was the reunion was the name of like that spinoff thing they did too back yeah. In the day. Um, I don't know. I want, I'm i curious how well it will hang together with the first one. Um, it's coming on two
0: discs, but they said you install both discs at once. It's not like you play yeah, for a just, while it's and a, then no, swap no. the discs. It's Those days are gone. It's just hold
1: that much d- data for the install, Yeah, um, which will be overwritten by the day one patch anyway, yeah. so it doesn't matter. Um, I, I'm like
0: you, Matt. I thought Final Fantasy VII, the OG version, was overrated back in the day. I played it. I thought it was good. I didn't think it was like mind-blowing. That was fine. I like, didn't really like the remake at all i think i played it for like 20 hours and then i quit i haven't seen any shimmying yet so that's good that's true but (laughs) i'm guessing that's in there too matt i'm just being honest maybe I'm, i'm sure we'll end up in some dungeons or something but i'll say this this looks way more interesting to me than the first remake it does. Just being outside changes everything. It's still Final Fantasy. Instead VII. of being in those dingy steel gilded corridors in the last one, like that's what turned me off after a while. I just the game just felt oppressive.
1: Like it was very samey. Yeah. Um, this is this is more. Well, again, like I you know, I didn't really like the combat either. Neither. Um, it
0: didn't. Obviously, it didn't keep my attention. It just the the enemies just felt like damaged sponges they're mm. there's just way too many hit points like boss fights it's like you hit them with your most powerful attack and like you can see one pixel go off their
1: health bar like yeah. i just don't like games like that well, And it's also like I, general i know it's like it's, all this stuff i know it's like okay i know there's a way to beat you in like five seconds but yeah. i don't know what it is and i don't particularly care to learn yeah you know, like, so i can go online and like google it <laughs> which i hate doing i don't mind doing that but it's just like i don't like for whatever reason, my, my head just never got around like the ins and outs of this combat system to the point where like, sometimes, a lot of times this stuff is like, oh, I look this up. Okay, that's how that works. All right. So the next time I run into an enemy that's giving me trouble, I'll try like to use this or some adaptation of this and it'll work. And that's just never happened in this game. I always had to yeah. relook. I'm like, oh, you want to, you have to do that? Okay. How would I learn that? I, I said learn that by failing and then reloading the save, which I'm like, I don't have fucking time for that. Yeah. Um, I just don't care. like you know, I know there's people that get really good at this game, the, the previous game, and like we're posting all the combo videos and stuff, and it's just like cool. I just want to play it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't need to. Tre- I don't want to treat this like a fucking college course. Like, uh, it doesn't deserve that, frankly. I, w- I it's, it's fine. I would honestly rather just watch a compilation of the cutscenes, probably. <laughs> I
0: um, mean, again, I am more excited for this than I was the last remake. I, I, think, I mean, again. it's definitely
1: more in my wheelhouse than the first one was, in just in terms of like what you're doing, but also I feel like I've done a lot of play, uh, action based JRPG in a semi-open world thing recently. Like between this and, uh, between like Tales of Arise and the Xenoblade games um, and probably like three other things, it's just like, what is here in th- Final Fantasy XVI itself, it's like, what is here that I haven't already done and what would entice me to want to play this other than being a giant Final Fantasy VII fanboy? And my answer to that is nothing.
0: <laughs> it reminds me a little bit of Final Fantasy Fifteen, too. Honestly, the way the combat works and like somewhat. Obviously-
1: I mean, I think inevitably you're going to feel the need to make that comparison to any open world like Square Enix like Final Fantasy thing, just because of you know Fifteen being the first. I don't know if that's hundred percent fair because yeah. Final Fantasy Fifteen failed so horribly on all of those counts and i'm i will freely say that i in the end i think i like remake better than 15 um i admit i didn't play 15 after they quote-unquote fixed it yeah um you know and maybe that's hypocritical in the sense that i did play cyberpunk after they fixed it but <laughs> cyberpunk was a lot more engaging even in its vanilla form than final fantasy 15 ever was to me um I don't know. I just—it's just so much time and effort and money committed to a giant, bloated, three-part for no particularly great reason remake of a game I really just thought was kind of average in the first place.
0: The other thing too about the combat in the first remake was I felt completely disconnected from it. Like you have to hit something like eight thousand times before it dies. There's never any damage to the creatures. There's like there's very little response to your attacks. It's like you're attacking like a paper mache like. Pinata, Like, it doesn't feel like the enemies react to the attacks. I didn't feel like I was getting good tactile feedback from my attacks. It just felt like I was just watching these pre-canned animations of these insane, like, flipping sword swipes
1: that, like, Mm. weren't doing anything. I don't know. I I always felt like I was missing something. Yeah, it just felt like it just wasn't connected. like, why did the limit break do, like, nothing to that guy? Because, again, the enemies in
0: this game, they're all bullets. They're all damage sponges. They can take way too much damage, way more damage than they should be able to take, like and then there's just i don't know like all the cutscenes with the characters out in the open world they just seem weird and like, like yeah. they're just very square in old school square annex old school final fantasy which yeah. we've talked about i mean this nauseam. looks very
1: i mean honestly it looks like final fantasy 16 we all of the side quest right talk to this guy for five minutes do a random fetch quest and, and then come back and come <laughs> back not even come back sometimes it just solved itself once no, you did right. the thing it's just right. like yeah. all right I got We yeah. only learn from the witcher 3 to a certain degree apparently yeah
0: until recently, when I saw the sales of the first Final Fantasy remake, I would say this game's going to be the best-selling game of next year, but it's not going to
1: mm-hmm. be. And also, it's still going to be like, even those cutaways to Cloud, it's just like, God, he looks like he's going to fall over and die a TB any what minute. Well, it's just like, ridiculous. His hair, I mean, it's, I don't know. We can go on and on I mean, the about... the hair is fine. I mean, they, they do make fun of the hair. Like, they, they're, they're self-aware about that, but there's just elements of it where I'm like, just his face. It's like, he doesn't look well. Yeah. Maybe he's not well. Maybe maybe that's part of the point. But, like, everybody looks a little anemic. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. T-
0: to me, the whole Square Enix RPG thing—that's—they uh,
1: all—it just all looks
0: weird to me. Red
1: thirteen looks more like li- lively than anybody else in the party. Oh, yeah, like he Red runs to. around
0: like crazy.
1: Yeah, um, it's just—it's just weird that everybody has that weird uncanny valley thing, and then you look at like Barrett's gun arm, and it's just like the most lovingly rendered thing in the yeah. fucking game. <laughs> like, yeah, like it's
0: strange. I mean, look at this shot right here. What is going on?
1: Like. Well, I, he's, the I Red, think some
0: people like the weirdness. Red 13's
1: like smelling out the scent from the attack that they're supposed to solve. So they're talking about it. It's a detective work. He's just, he's talking to a dog. That's a cat. A, <laughs> Whatever the Red hell it is. A, is that a cat? I think Red 13's more of a cat than a dog. Yeah. It's a hyena, it looks like to me. No, nah, he's like a lion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's, supposed to, like, he's like a shaved mane lion. Yeah. Character.
0: Um, and, and actually, No dog
1: has a tail like that. Actually, that's a, that's G- a, that's a big cat tail. Jerry Boulay brings up a good point. Jerry is riding the Pachagabo. Riding the yeah.
0: He says Square <laughs> Enix needs to learn how to do side quests. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that was a problem in Final Fantasy sixteen as well. Like, the side quests in that weren't great either. Like, it just hasn't really sorted mm-hmm. it out yet, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, so this game is it, coming. It's still
1: sort of stuck in this weird thing where it's like, you know side quests don't have to be like MMOs, right? Right. You can yeah. have
0: a real quest be a side quest, like where you do real things that have meaning instead of just fetch quests, which is typically like 80% of Final Fantasy side quests are just fetch quests. Mm-hmm. So um, there you go. That's Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Again, it comes out on February 29th. We have Leap Year coming up in 2024. Uh, so it comes out on Leap Your Day on February 29th, so not long to wait. It is a PS5 exclusive for right now, um, and they have announced that it's going to be a PS5 exclusive for at least three months. Does that tell you that the PC version is going to launch three months later?
1: Mm, I mean, it could, but I don't think it will. You don't think it will? Uh, Nomura says he's a feline. It's a feline? It's yeah. a cat? Despite, That's a tough one. <laughs> despite pervading fan beliefs. A lot of people think he's a dog. He looks like a dog. He's no, like a hyena to me. The more or just a mutated hyena. No dog has a tail like that. That's I didn't it. even notice the tail. The, the tail's on fire. You should notice the tail. <laughs> In fact, he, you'd think the Chocobo would have a problem with it. Right, that. yeah. Well, you would think of the Chocobo would
0: have a problem with the cat riding it. Because cats eat birds. Anyway.
1: I don't think that cat's <laughs> going to eat a bird that big. Ostr- <laughs> Ostr- <laughs> ostriches are not afraid of Luna.
0: <laughs> That's true. Uh, So anyway, there you go. Again, that is Final Fantasy VII Rebirth PS5 exclusive coming February 29th. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about a game that I have spent a good bit of time with this week. And maybe some of you guys have as well because it's on Game Pass. And that game is Payday 3. Um, The first thing I'm going to say about Payday 3 is that I believe critics have been a little harsh on the game in general now one thing critics have been bringing up a lot about it is that there are connection issues getting into games and i will say this i have had connection issues but it's the same every time the first game i try to play when i boot it up it will not match make it will eventually just crash and spit you back out to the main menu screen the second time it always works but that has happened every time. Yeah, there are people who have literally not been able to play it. Really? I've been playing it on Xbox Series X. I don't know if that makes a difference on Xbox Live. I don't know if that makes a difference. Who knows? Most most of the I can't play it at all comments have been from PC players. Okay. Starbreeze, meanwhile, has been blaming the connection issues on other people. Mm-hmm. Saying it's like their partners that are dropping the ball, not them. It's not their netcode. It's their netcode working with whatever platform the game is trying to be played on with pc i don't know how you can use that excuse because there's no overlord handling
1: online gameplay for the pc i don't know i've seen the most complaints on pc yeah which and is like interesting the, the steam reviews are in the toilet yeah but then they're also in the toilet for starfield so. they're in the toilet for everything on steam it feels like
0: or a game will start out great well, Starf- and one little thing will happen and everyone will carpet well bomb starfield
1: it. got review bombed because it lets you pick your pronouns no that's it <laughs> that's why okay there you go and sony people no oh right makes you sense. really shouldn't be able to review games on steam if you haven't played them
0: yeah if you if it's not in your catalog on steam i thought that was a thing actually i
1: thought so too but it doesn't feel like the people i mean maybe they just bought them bought it played it for an hour and reviewed it and refunded it or yeah. they intentionally
0: bought it played it for two hours and then refunded it to like say right. f you that's what to i said Bethesda, yeah as like a Maybe hurting Bethesda in some way or whatever.
1: Yeah, I don't think they care. Yeah, probably hurting. Steam. They definitely do not care. <laughs> <Probably hurting Steam laughs> I can tell you one
0: hundred percent. Bethesda does not care about your childish, petty bullshit. They do not. I'll just tell you that right now. um So anyway, Payday Three. It's forty dollars, by the way, if you buy the game, which is weird to me. Like, isn't Payday two free to play? I don't remember. I think it is. Um I'm sure I think it may have started the same way. When it launched it cost money and then over time they made it free to play. Yeah, I feel like it must have cuz otherwise I think I would have played it. Right. and I'd never bo- bothered to play it. Yeah. Um this is not free to play unless you consider something on Game Pass being free to play, which some people might. And you can't even play it in some cases. On Game Pass? Yeah, on PC, I guess. You can't get through. Yeah, you can't you can't uh partner
1: up with people. Um like I have n- I've rarely seen things that have united like the weirdo, rage click, right wing, dumb fuck YouTubers, and like the normal people, but like everyone's just sort of like, yep, yeah, we're all on the same page on this one. Like, I, we can't play it. Probably it's not reliable. Like, I've I have not seen unified hatred for a game like this in a long time.
0: Yeah, and again, like to reiterate, I think people are overreacting. Like, I I have not had big problems playing again playing on an Xbox Series X on Xbox Live. I have not really had major problems with it at all. Um, It is a $40 game. It's available for PC, PS5, and Xbox series. It is PC and next-gen only. I'm surprised this game was not released for last-gen because
1: it looks like a last-gen game. We'll get to that. Um, I would never know this wasn't Payday 2 at the time. I mean, It's not like I know a lot about Payday 2. Here's how the cutscenes work.
0: They're animated stills. There are no cinematics in this game. Was anyone expecting there to be? I mean, there should be. It's 2023. They've been working on this game for 10 years now. It's been it's 10 years since Payday 2. It's payday. Like, who cares about this story? Like, well, I, I guess you're. They, they agree with you, Matt, because yeah. there
1: really isn't much of one. Like, there are these cinematics. These that, games have always felt like weirdly half-assed to me in general. Yeah, like that's what I'm getting. So at. it doesn't really shock me. Yeah. that this is what you get. I'm, sh- I'm shocked, shocked. There's cutscenes at all. Really? Frankly. I figured this game would just be like, okay, jump in a match, play a match, you're done.
0: I mean, again, Payday 2 has been on the market for a
1: decade. They've does had Pay a 2 decade have... to make its sequel. Does, does Payday 2 have a story? Probably not. Cutscenes and stuff.
0: Again, I haven't played it in it since a decade. Mm. I, haven't, I haven't played it since it came out. I remember very little about the original. So,
1: because uh, to me, I would imagine this would function basically like Fortnite, like yeah. just like play a game, play a game, play a game, play. The fact that there's any kind of Story to me is kind of ridiculous. Well, you can
0: see right here, actually. Uh, there's, like an
1: actual campaign. This
0: is like where you choose there, the yeah. missions, and so how it works is like um, you see "No Rest for the
1: Wicked" and "Road Rage."
0: Those are the actual missions, and then those things that are unlocked in between, those are cutscenes,
1: quote unquote. Again, they're just. I'm just trying to picture caring about I the story between I did payday not. matches. I,
0: I after the first like two missions, I stopped watching the cutscenes because they're so horribly done. And really there isn't a story like there's a crime wave in New York City is like the overarching like premise of the game. but all these cinematics are really just like loosely connected narrative pieces that are there to make you think the people you're stealing from are bad people mm. so that you don't feel like you're so a it piece can't,
1: of, so it can't even commit to that
0: right. It can't
1: even commit to making the player feel bad for stealing it like even feel bad just if, if you're trying to do heat, do heat. Right. You're trying to do the opening <laughs> of Dark Knight. Do that. Yeah.
0: They don't commit to it. They hedge the bets. Like every cinematic is basically telling you
1: this is why this company or this person I've, is bad I've, and I've, therefore it's okay for you to steal from I them. promise you in any situation in which you are wearing a clown mask and holding a gun, <laughs> you are the bad guy. <laughs> yep. I'd say that's probably pretty accurate.
0: But anyway, as I said, those cinematics are optional. You don't have to watch them. I stopped watching them after a while because to your point, Matt, who cares? Like, does the plot really matter? The plot is you're robbing this place and you need to go in and get the stuff and get out alive. And typically how the whole thing works is you start by choosing your loadout. They match you up with four people. Again, the first time I match up, it never works. It works every time after that. And you, and you uh, load up with three other players. They also have chosen their own loadouts and things like that. Um, there is just one mode in the game, this mode, and a tutorial, and that's it. And not only that, in this mode, there are just eight missions to play. I made it through all eight missions in like four or five hours of playing, maybe a little longer. Because sometimes like people just quit, and then you're left with just bots on your team, and the bots in this are worthless. Don't even bother trying to play with bots in this game. Don't try to play it by yourself, You're just going to end up spending like 30 minutes on a mission, and you're going to fail it, and you have to do it all over again. And that is one thing about this game. like, It's a pretty big commitment. Each mission can take anywhere from like 30 to like almost 50 minutes. And there are some times you get to the end of that mission, and you fail, and you get like nothing. You get like a little smidge of XP, and you have to start it all over again. And the reason it's really frustrating is because each mission in this game is like... A phase. So you start out, you're outside. You got to go around the building. You got to figure out how to get in. That's what I'm doing right now. And as you saw, you can like cut the sill of a window to be able to get into the window. You figure out how to get in. Once you get in, you got to figure out, okay, where... Where's the stuff that I'm trying to steal? And sometimes the game doesn't even present the stuff that you're trying to steal right away. There's a bunch of other crap that you have to do beforehand. And sometimes that other crap takes a really, really long time. It can take like 30 minutes before you even find the stuff that you're trying to steal in some of these missions. Like it takes that long for them to kind of get to the actual part of the game where you're actually playing and doing what people, what most people think you do in Payday. Um, but I'll say this. So there's eight missions, but the locations very wildly like i really thought it was just gonna be one bank heist after another okay here's a bank where the vault's in the basement here's a bank where the vault's in the back here's a here's a bank where the vault's actually out front like i thought that's how they're gonna mix things up that's not how it works like they have crazy. they i will say this they've done a really good job finding creative ways to make this template this gameplay template work across a bunch of different locations and mission objectives now truth be told the areas are small um, it's not like you're loading into this huge open world or anything like that, and then you're like trying to figure out where to go. It's There's waypoints everywhere. The game does a good job of guiding you in what you're supposed to do. What's happening right now in this B-roll is they're using thermite to burn a hole through the ceiling that will then drop us down into the vault. Um, you use thermite a lot in this. Sometimes you use it on locks to get in doors. Sometimes you use it on vault doors. And a lot of times while that stuff's happening, the game turns into like a horde mode. So... That thermite burning through the the floor there, that will take like 10 minutes. And while you do that, waves of enemies flood in. Um, There's some times where you have to use like these crazy drills to unlock um, the locks to vaults. Those will take 10 or 15 minutes. So basically you you stand there and you defend that spot, that drill, while you're flooded with enemies, while the enemies try to come in and turn off the drill, et cetera, et cetera. So in a lot of ways, this game is more kind of like a horde mode than anything else because that's really what it is. You are trying to steal the stuff out of each location while the game is sending waves of cops at you. And eventually, they send heavies that have crazy armor where you need grenades to even damage them. Um, they don't really do bosses, so to speak, in this, but they do get pretty creative with some of the enemies, like the heavies that the, that the cops send in after you. Um, but there's a bunch of like cool little things in this, like, Simple bank heists really are just the beginning. Like, there's one mission where you're you're trying to steal from an art gallery, but you just don't go in and just grab all the paintings and then take them out. Like, you have to use this machine that's like a scanner that will scan each painting to tell you whether it's authentic or not, because in the gallery some of the paintings are actually fake. Um, so like part of the mission is you got to find the scanner and then you got to set it up and then the horde mode kicks in while it's scanning the painting. It takes a while. You have to defend the little scanning machine while it scans the paintings. Um. There's another one where you escort a vehicle, like an armored vehicle, through across a bridge. And as you go, it's a little bit like um, like Overwatch, like the main mode in Overwatch, where it moves very slowly, and you have to walk alongside it and defend it along the way. There, you have to go and find like these planks that you can put over holes in the road so that the the armored vehicle can can go over like gaps in the bridge. And then you get to the end of the bridge, and you have to actually infiltrate the truck and blah blah blah. Again, they find really creative ways to find unique ways to make heist missions. Um, there's another one where you go into a club and you have to get into the VIP area and there's a crypto wallet in there you have to steal. There's another one where you infiltrate a dock and there's, like a, there's a big cache of experimental electronics inside the dock and you have to get in there. Like Again, I'm really impressed with how they've managed to mix up all the objectives to make it feel like it's not like this, which was what you're seeing right now, which is just invade a bank vault. Um, This is the first mission, and you never really play another mission like this again. Um, Another thing that you have to get good at, and I wouldn't say communication is that important, other than when you're first starting, people can help you by telling you what to do if they have a mic. (coughs) But generally, the game does a good enough job with just the waypoints at telling you what it's asking you to do, um, which is good, uh, because nobody uses mics, and maybe that's for the best, ultimately. Um, But... um, You enter each mission with a primary, a secondary weapon, a deployable, which is like a sentry turret or like these these pickups that you can drop um, for shields, health and ammo, which during the horde mode is very important that you drop one of those for your team right where the horde mode is taking place. That way that they can refill on their armor or their health or whatever in the middle of the fighting. Um, But you deploy with one of those, and you also deploy with a throwable, so like a grenade of some type. You also can choose an armor lining. So as you play through the game, you unlock more, um, like, uh, heavier armor. But also it it makes you move slower, but it also defends you better, and you can unlock those as you go. Um, You also get an overkill weapon, which is basically like your super. um, And all I ever unlocked was a grenade launcher and a crazy super, like, sniper rifle for those Um, and then you also launch with a tool like a mine or a camera that you can put somewhere to monitor Um, and then there's skill points that you earn as you play through the game there's 17 different categories that you can put your skill points in again this is a game as a service that they want to run for the next decade so they need to make sure that the skill tree is nice and beefy so that you can keep upgrading there's 17 different categories each category has five or six different upgrades each so again the upgrade tree is pretty big um, and generally, those upgrades give you buffs for these three statuses that you can have in the game called edge, grit, or rush. Um, and like most good games, you can respec whenever you want if the way that you spec stuff isn't working out for you. Um, what else? You make cash for each heist, so eventually you find the stuff that you need to get out. Like right there, that guy's holding the bag. And generally, they are bags. And But you have to be smart with how you do it because they'll put... You'll, you'll, you'll find the stuff, like, hidden deeply inside the building, and you need to get it out of the building in shifts. So you get it all out of the vault. You throw it out into the hallway. Then you get in a fight. You win the fight. You finish the horde mode. You pick up the stuff again. You move it further out towards the the exit. You, maybe you get it right next to the exit. Then another horde mode kicks in. Then you move the stuff outside. And outside, as you can see right here, that's when like generally like the the most crazy police assaults happen and then it's just this mad rush to fight off all the cops get all the bags into either the getaway vehicle or the getaway holic helicopter get everyone collected around that vehicle for x amount of time and then the mission just ends. And then the weirdest part is, like, there's no cutscene showing you escaping in the helicopter with the loot. There's no cutscene showing you in the truck riding off with the loot, like, high-fiving each other. It just, like, fades to white and just ends. It's so weird. Like That's more like what I would expect. <laughs> um, so, anyway, so once you get out with the money... The, you go to the game over screen it shows you all the money that you've collected how many bags of money you've got or how many pieces of jewelry that you got or whatever and they give you an award a reward of cash and then you use that cash to go and buy all the stuff i went through earlier the primary and secondary weapons the deployables the throwables the armor linings the overkill weapons blah 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 you go into a menu where you can buy that stuff but that stuff unlocks so slowly so by the time i finished the game and finished all eight missions I had a grand total of three weapons to buy, Matt. Mm. So it is very slow. This game has been designed to try to sustain people for 10 years. But there's only enough missions to last for like five hours. Like, again, I don't know. Look, the Starbreeze has been in financial trouble for a while, Matt. And in fact, they have said publicly that this is what's going to save them. <coughs> that they needed Payday 3 to save them financially. They've had 10 years to make this game and I managed to work through all the content in like half a day. Like, I mean, the point is the grind, right? To other people, it is. To me, it is not. Like, I did not find this compelling enough to keep playing the same missions over and over and over again. You rely a lot on teammates in this. You die constantly. So you you always have to have people reviving you. If people don't get to you before the timer runs out, (laughs) you have to sit out of the match for a minute and wait to, to respawn. And then you're biting your nails because again like you get to the end of one of these missions you're like 40 minutes in if everybody dies at this point right here you got to start it all over again and that is disheartening and i will tell you like when i took a break from this game that's when i took the break when i would try a mission me and three people spent 30 or 40 minutes trying to get through it and we all died like right at the end it's it hurts (laughs) i'll just put it to you that way um Yeah, so as I said, the unlocks are basically controlled by your player level. The skill points you get are also controlled by your player level, and they just... After, like, the first, like, couple hours, it just grinds to a a crawl. Like, you're working. You have to play, like, three missions to go up, like, one level or whatever, and it just... It becomes a grind, like you said. Um, As you've seen in this B-roll, the graphics, like, this could easily run on a PS4 or an Xbox One. There's no reason this is next-gen only. Again after 10 years this is the how your game looks like i don't know i'm just wondering what they were doing all this time like because ultimately my big complaint isn't what other people are complaining about it isn't that like i can't get matchmaking to work or whatever there's weird network issues it's just that there's just not enough content it's like the lower third says overdrawn like they just it's writing checks that the game can't cash like they want you to play this for a long period of time but It literally held my interest for like a day and granted i had a really good time with it like i was pleasantly surprised by this game in many ways and then it ended and i was like there's no way that's it and it was so payday three paying forty dollars for it i would say no way right now now maybe in six months when there's 20 missions to play through i might consider it worth the 40 bucks that sounds very optimistic but you know that's not going to happen exactly Like, if it took them 10 years to get eight missions together, how long is it going to... They're going to put out one mission every, like, three months would be my guess.
1: Yeah, I don't... I don't pretend to know a whole lot about developing a game like this, but it does seem weird that it's not like they really reinvented the formula here. It's, it seems to be the same exact game. And the visuals aren't all that much better than the last game. And there's
0: way less missions. So I guess what I would say in the end is, like, if watching this has you interested in the Payday franchise... Go play Payday 2 <laughs> if you haven't already because there's way more content there. This game doesn't look markedly better than Payday 2.
1: Um, I don't know what happened with this I don't understand game. what's happening here. Like, so, it, like, It says steal the money. Is, is one of your guys running back and forth bringing money out from right. the building and you guys are just trying to hold, hold off the off, cops so right. they have a clear Yep, that's exactly route. what's happening. And what happens sometimes
0: in this game, too, is like you get to the end. You've loaded all the bags into the vehicle or the helicopter or whatever and there's one dude Mm -hmm. who is just out running around killing people and the other three guys you're standing there at the getaway vehicle and there's like the three out of four on the screen and you're just waiting for him to show up and meanwhile you're getting bombarded by like heavies and enemies and you're just like bro where are you and when everybody dies in those situations it'll make you real mad matt let me just Mm -hmm. tell you buddy if you've, beat, if you've finished the level and some jackhole is out running around being a jerk and everybody dies before he gets back there to exit, ugh breathing fire man so there you are highly dependent on other people in this game like if you aren't playing with a bunch of good people like it's you'll never finish a mission i'll say this though my experience generally was pretty damn good like most of the people that i played with were cool they were constantly reviving me i'm reviving them um even some people like my first couple matches even though they didn't have a mic were using like their gun to point to stuff to tell me what to do like, I also forgot to mention that, like, there's these moments where you have to get the loot. So, you get into the vault or you get into the gallery, art gallery where you need to steal the paintings or whatever, and you act- need to actually get it. So, if you're in a vault, you're doing a bunch of like safe cracking stuff. Um, if you're trying to get paintings or, or art, A lot of times they're behind glass and you have like this laser. The same one that I used earlier to cut the sash on the window. You can use that laser to cut through glass and then like grab jewelry out of cases or to um, cut through glass and get paintings out from behind cases and things like that. And that's a whole other thing. Like one person does that while the other three players defend. So there's just, there is a lot of teamwork involved in this to actually complete missions. Um, But I'll just say, I had a lot of fun playing this game while it lasted. If I had spent 40 bucks on it, I'd be pissed though. It's free on Game Pass or it's, you know, if you have Game Pass, it's there. I noticed people are very touchy about us saying free on Game Pass, Matt. Mm -hmm. (laughs) People people get salty over that, I don't know why, even though basically stuff is free. Like if you do the math, each game costs like four cents a month (laughs) on Game Pass. But anyway, um, it is on Game Pass and that's how I would recommend everybody plays this. Like if this piques your interest, just get Game Pass for a month. Instead of spending $40, spend $15 and play it for a day and a half or two days. You have been all the way through all the missions and off you go and enjoy the rest of your life to go to play some cyberpunk
1: 2077. And if you're actually going to rob a bank, uh, the plan should probably involve only one trip to the getaway vehicle. The whole
0: thing's absurd.
1: I like, mean, <laughs>
0: the whole idea of the game is absurd. Like you, this, you, you. If you're gonna rob a bank, you don't stay at the bank for forty minutes. Like you get the stuff and you go, and then you get in like a car chase, and then maybe you wreck the car, and then you get in a gunfight. Like that's how a real heist would work. Like no one's gonna, you're not gonna survive if you stay at the bank for forty minutes. They're just gonna b- blow in so many cops that they're just gonna annihilate you. So. Yeah, you definitely have to suspend disbelief to play this game. Um, there's no doubt about it. There's a lot of absurdities about it. The other thing, too, is that you and you, your compatriots are bullet sponges. You can take so much damage before you die. Like, It's not realistic, but it is fun. And I did have fun playing this game for a day, day and a half. To me, that's not worth 40 bucks. So my recommendation to you is if after listening to this or watching this and seeing the footage and you're interested, again, just Where did dig- that guy come from? I don't know. Just get Game Pass. And see, here's the other thing it does, too. Look at the little space we all have to hide in. Like, we all need to be within those white lines to count. That we're, like, ready to leave. See, we're two out of three right now. Team Escape, two out of three. We're waiting for the third guy to get into the damn white zone so we can finish the freaking mission. Like, again, you really have to rely on other people playing with you. And for the most part, 90% of the time, that was it totally was fine. It worked out great. Um, So there you go. He finally showed up. And here's the end mission screen where you get to see that you... Well, this is early in the game, so it actually I think this this mission leveled me up like two levels or whatever. But once you get to like level seven or eight, like it takes multiple missions to go up one level. It starts to turn into a slow, slow grind. So that's Payday 3. Um, again, I had a lot of fun with it. I would not recommend it for 40 bucks. I would probably, as it sits right now, 20, 25 bucks would be the right price to pay for it. But again, I recommend just getting Game Pass for a month or just waiting six months. Like eventually this game's gonna be free to play. It just yeah. is. like, And by then, once they decide, oh, people aren't paying for it anymore, there'll probably be 30 missions to play through. But again, I would recommend going back and playing Payday 2 before I, before you shell out 40 bucks to play this. The upgrading graphics isn't worth the money that they're asking you to spend for it. So do you have any questions about Payday, Matt? Nope. Let's check chat and make sure. Um, Commander Fett, sounds like they need a voting system to end the match.
1: Yeah, I don't know how that would work, though. If the majority of people are in the escape, you just all vote to end the thing and it doesn't matter if dipshit's if dip out. Dipshits running yeah. around
0: doing whatever. Yeah, I guess that would be a way to improve it for sure. Um Agent the Legend Watson asks, Is there environmental damage? Um Yes, there is. I mean you saw as part of the gameplay, for example, you use the thermite to burn a hole through the roof, and then you fall down in the hole and then you're in the vault. There's a lot of stuff like that. Now, like if you just stand like and shoot a wall, will it explode and tear apart? No. No, there's bullet holes, but you can't completely destroy parts of the environment, if that's what you're asking. Um, Four-leaf plover, this is not, says, says Big Dave Lazard. <laughs> um, Erebus Jones says it's Left for Dead Bank Robber Edition. Yeah, I guess. Because it really is just a horde mode when it comes down to it. Mm-hmm. It's a horde mode that you're trying to accomplish objectives between the horde rushes, essentially. Um, and in that way, it probably is one of the better horde mode games. Um, again, it kept my attention until the missions ended and I probably would have kept playing, but once I like, finished those missions and they're like, do them again. I'm like, nah, I'm good. And that's where I left it off. So, uh, Vincent says there should also be a partial success option, like leaving with 60% of the money. If you're getting overwhelmed, you can leave with any amount of the money. It's up to you, like how brave you want to be and how many times you want to keep going back and bringing the bags out. Like there's a total in most missions, there's a total of like 15 or 16 bags, something like that. Um, that's just my rough estimate. And there's some missions I finish with six bags. There's some missions I finish with all the bags and that matters. Like you get more money, the more bags that you get sometimes a lot more money. But the other thing I should have mentioned that I didn't mention is that the money, like I have, like I finished playing a day and a half. I had like $4 million and nothing to spend it on because again, I finished the game. I had three weapons to buy two of which I already had. And the other one was like a battle rifle or whatever. I'm like, I don't even need that. So, yeah like they you earn money and then you can again you can leave with one bag of money you can leave with all the bags of money it's up to you and your team how much risk you want to take because again when you're at the end of the and you've already spent 40 minutes on that mission it's high stakes like you get you grab the controller a little more tightly because you're like damn i dedicated 40 minutes to this we're not screwing this up and if one of your teammates screws it up you get pissed i got pissed they, they're they lucky that i didn't have a mic because i would have let them have it so yeah, like the there's risk-reward with the money and like how much of a risk you want to take trying to get all the money and be greedy versus like, okay, we got most of it. Well, let's just all get into the white zone and end the mission and collect our cash. So there is kind of that seesaw to it. Like, well, I want more money. Do I want to make sure I finish the mission and I didn't waste all my time? So there's a little bit of element of that to it as well. Once again, you guys ask great questions. So uh, Nightwing3060, sounds like Saints Row.
2: Hmm.
0: I don't know about that. Mm. Yeah.
1: Um, Unless he means having so much money, you don't have anything to buy. Oh,
0: yeah. That, if you were talking about that, then yeah, that would be a pretty good analogy. So, But there you go. That's Payday 3. It's available for PC, PS5, and Xbox Series. But most importantly, it is on Game Pass. So if you want to play it, that's how I recommend you play it. Next up, we're going to talk about a game that I also played. Actually, yeah, I played it this week. Um, and Matt, I believe you said that you had played the original. And I had yeah. not. I had never played the original Ghost Runner. So I got to play Ghost Runner 2. There's a demo available right now. I think it's on every platform, if I remember correctly. Um, and I had never played the original. So I would just went in completely blind. And I was quite surprised at what I found with Ghost Runner. What were your impressions of the original?
1: Um, interesting, but too hard. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. He's um, a one hit kill. Yep. And that kind of thing. And. Like there's an element of like oh I could if I was like 14 and I had all the time in the world and got like into this like I would I could definitely see myself mastering it but uh, not not today yeah um, and that's one of the reasons I haven't played this one is like yeah I, I I'm I'm good I get it I played the first <laughs> one I'm, I understand well Matt you'll be upset to
0: know that the sequel is exactly the same
1: yeah it's, it looked like it
0: it is a first person parkour action game where you get hit once you die. And it's basically you memorize each little section of the game. I mean, the, the, the rub here is that the enemies also typically die in one shot. Mm. But there's a lot of them in some cases. And so it's one of those games where you play the same, like, 40-second section of it over and over again until you memorize enemy placement, you memorize the abilities that the enemies have, what guns do they have, how aggressive are they, how apt are they to attack me if they can see me for all that stuff. You you learn every time you go through it. And the checkpoints in this game literally happen like every 45 seconds or a minute because you will probably die in that 45 seconds or a minute. Like you very rarely did I go through a section of this after the first like 5 minutes or so where I just completed it the first time and just kept going and like kept stacking the checkpoints. Like that hardly ever happened for me. Like after the first three checkpoints I ended up having to try them all over and over and over again, and I think that's kind of the charm of the game, if you could call it charm. Matt,
1: <laughs> I mean, I guess that's what people are after in that. This does look way better graphically, graphically for sure. Yeah, like the first one does take place in like a cyberpunk world, but you don't, you just kind of got to take its word for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is actually out in the world a little more. Yeah, I mean, this definitely has a cyberpunk look. Whether you whether it's actually a
0: cyberpunk game or not, probably not. But it looks like. I mean, it.
1: you're kind of the one one man against the system. It is. It's more cyberpunk than cyberpunk is. Yeah, I would that's say. a good point. Yeah.
0: Um. So it is a first-person parkour combat game. The original was released back in 2020, so not that long ago. I I don't know why I just totally missed that game, but somehow um, I did.
1: I play. I don't remember. What, I think I played it. I think it was Game Pass. Or I yeah. I have a hard time believing I bought it. Yeah. Um it this sequel is set in the same town. It's called
0: Dharma Tower. So the setting is exactly the same. And in the last game, you killed someone called the keymaster mm-hmm. um, and now so you gotta
1: kill the gatekeeper. What'd you say? Now you got to kill the gatekeeper? No.
0: Now yeah. it's like the guy, the main character's name is Jack, but Jack and his team, they, there's like, now that, um, the...
1: There is no Jack, only Zul.
0: Yeah. Well, now that the Keymaster is gone, all these gangs have moved in to Dharma Tower to try to take over the power vacuum, basically. And so it's your job to put down all these gangs that have tried to move in. Now, the story itself is mostly told through radio <coughs> chatter. Like, you always have someone in your ear talking to you saying, oh, you should do this, oh, you should do that. And it is helpful... Um, some of the tips that they gave me like helped me get through some of the levels in this game, um, and then. But otherwise, the plot is pretty is insignificant, honestly. Like,
1: <laughs> what are you laughing at? I think it like tells you like use dash to bust through this wall, and you bust through the wall, and it's just like an empty space. Oh, that's
0: so I mean, evil, dude! Like you just it's... fall down into the hole. Yeah, I was like, what the hell? What kind of level design is that? Like, there's a little bit of like that in this game where you're like, really? Like, you're going to be that dastardly with how you... I love
1: the, the, on the hand, he did that in the first one where the hands go up and you get killed and it's just like, oh no! Yeah. It's it's, it's very, it's, it's silly, but, um so as we said it's one it's hit it's fun to watch like people are really good at this game play it though because they're like it's like watching them dance it is crazy but uh, it's
0: a lot of memorization honestly
1: yeah you just have to know every inch
0: yep no you got to know exactly when to dash exactly when to jump exactly when to slash with your sword exactly when to throw your ninja stars like it's all pattern memorization and level memorization and enemy placement memorization you got to be on point because uh, you can't make any mistakes because if you get hit once you die but again the checkpoints are very generous Um, They never make you go back very far, because if they would, people would never play this game. (laughs) Uh, But you you can jump, you can run, you can slash, you can deflect bullets with your sword, you can wall run, you can air dodge, you can slide. There's a parry system, which I don't think was in the original, um, where if you perfect parry, you can defeat enemies like in one shot, but you can defeat most enemies in one shot anyway. Um, there is an energy meter that you have to keep an eye on that regulates all your dashing. It also doubles as your block gauge. So that, you know, when you block, it's draining that meter as well. Um, if you get a timing right for blocking and countering, it results in one hit executions. But again, almost all the enemies in this, you just slash them once and they die. So it almost feels like it's a moot point. Um, there's also bullet time, which is called the sensory boost that allows you to, to, uh, slow down time, which is really important in this, um, you can actually be in midair and initiate that and they can fire a gun at you and you can dodge the bullets in midair, which is pretty freaking cool. Um, I can't think of too many games that let you do that. They even, even games that use bullet time rarely let you do something cool like that. So I thought that was pretty fun and pretty impressive. Um, so, yeah, basically you dash and you're dodging a lot. It helps you avoid the incoming gunfire. Or it also helps you close the gap between you and enemies. Because, again, they have guns and you don't have a gun. You have ninja stars, which are also one-hit kills. But it takes a while to, like, you can't. it's not like firing a gun. You fire one ninja star. There's probably like four seconds before you can fire another one. So you can't just spam the ninja stars like the enemies can with guns. So you're at a huge disadvantage in this game just in general in every skirmish. Um, as you've seen in the B-roll, there's also a grapple hook that you can use. So you use that in addition with your dashes. You can get across like chasms that at first you look at them, you're like, there's no way I can get across that. But then you actually try it and you're like, oh, I actually can get across that. I didn't think that I could, um, which is pretty cool. Um, and I think in general, the grapple hook in this, like, it just provides unexpected moments in general because it will just latch on to the nearest grapple point. So sometimes you just jump and you hit the grapple button, and it will just latch onto something you didn't even see, and will just send you flying off into the sky in some random direction. Like I found that happening a lot. And sometimes it's actually helped me like get the drop on enemies or show me a part of the level design um, where I needed to go next. Because there were some times in this where I just got confused on where the game wanted me to go, or how I was supposed to get to certain areas that it wanted me to go. Um what else is there to say about this? I, I guess I would just say in general that to your what you mentioned earlier, Matt, like, once you get good at this, like, you kind of, like, surprise yourself with some of the stuff that you do. Some of it's on accident. Like, you hit the grapple button at the right time, and it, like, grapples you away from an enemy or whatever, and then you fly back at him with the dash and, like, take them out or whatever. But, like, as you—here's a cool—here's a cool spot. Or eventually, like, there's this spot where I'm sliding down one of those— and there's a barrel at the end, and I use my ninja star to hit the barrel. And as I come into the area, I realize there's a bunch of enemies standing around the barrel, and it blows them all up. Like th- there's just moments in this game where you do, where stuff happens, or you do stuff that is not expected, and it's cool. Like it's, I wish there were more games like this where things just happen on the fly and catch you off guard. Um, you do get two special abilities. One of them is called Tempest. I mean, it's kind of works on a bunch of different levels. It lets you move objects with your mind. And what I've seen based on the demo that I played, most of that is for like puzzle solving, like moving objects over onto switches or moving an object over somewhere else where you could use it better, where you couldn't use it where it was before. Um, you can also use it on enemies though. You can use it to blow groups of enemies backwards so you can gain yourself some breathing room. Because again, it's you against everybody else in this game. And sometimes it can feel really overwhelming. You're just like, how is it possible that I'm supposed to beat eight dudes in this room? But slowly, try after try, you start to figure out like what they want you to do, where you need to go, um, the right timing to move to particular areas in the space. Uh, your archenemy, pipe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and sometimes you just get stuck on the very simple things. Like wh- again, where does the game want me to go? Am I supposed to be jumping this way? Am I supposed to be jumping that way? Um, And then the final special ability, the other special ability that I got in this demo, are the ninja stars that I've been talking about. They're electrified. And as I said, you can use them to strategically explode barrels. And conveniently, there always seems to be enemies standing around barrels in this game, which is a little weird. Um, So you can use it to explode barrels, or you can just use it on enemies to attack enemies with. And again, generally, they're a one-hit kill. If you hit the enemy in the chest or head area, it generally takes them out with just one ninja star. And then switching between the two abilities is a little clunky and a little weird. Like you use the D pad to do that, but it feels like there's a delay. Um, so if you try to use the push ability and then quickly follow it up with a ninja star, it's not as smooth as I would like, which limits your combo abilities. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe that's something that gets tweaked a little bit before the game comes out. Um, and then there's another style in the, the gameplay style in this that I did not get to play because it's not in the demo, and that is riding a motorcycle. Like It's almost like the uh, light cycles in Tron. Um, The bikes are really fast. They can go up vertical walls and things like that. Um, And I did do a little bit of research on it. And some people have had a chance to kind of fiddle around with it. And they have not been impressed with it. So I don't know how that's going to turn out ultimately. The motorcycle stuff. But the parkour, the first person parkour stuff I played, I generally enjoyed. It does get a little frustrating at times trying the same dinky little section over and over again like there was one part that i got to where it was just like this big open area with like tracks that you could jump on and ride on that went in a loop around the area i had to play that section i don't know it probably took me 20 tries before i figured it out because there was always enemies running into the fight behind you you engage with one enemy and you'd finish that enemy, and before you could even turn around, someone would hit you in the back and kill you. So there's a lot of that in this. It's a lot of trial and error, figuring, figuring out what, how the game wants you to do certain sections of the game versus just trying to do them on the fly. There is generally a very rigid air, uh, uh, path through the level that the game wants you to take. And if you try to freestyle it too much, it doesn't always work out so great. But but overall, I had fun with it. I don't know if I would want to play this for like 15 or 20 hours, though. How long was the original? Do you remember, Matt? Mm, I want to say it was like seven or eight. Seven or eight hours. I don't know. That would be about my max for a game like this, honestly. I don't know if I could take it much more than that or I mean, play it I, mean, in I small think chunks. you can run through it in like 20, 10 minutes 10 or, minutes or <laughs> something. Yeah, it's... But if you actually have to retry and keep trying to figure it yeah. out, then yeah, it's, it takes more time. So um, here you're actually going to see the Tempest skill being used to move objects instead of just using the pushback enemies. Um, And this is like a simple puzzle where I need to push this like air platform over so that I can actually make use of it to help it boost me up to the area where the other thing the ninja stars are used for too is to flip switches and that's a big mechanic in this is like get yourself to a position where you have a clear shot at a button that you need to press with the ninja stars. Um, and that's another big element in it is like, okay, I need to use this spring pad to get up there so that I can jump high enough that I have that little window to throw that ninja star through that little portal hole to hit that switch on the other side of it. There's a lot of that type of stuff in this game, but generally I had a pretty good time with it. I do think it's a game for a specific type of player. I think, a a, a patient player probably will appreciate games like this more people who enjoy a challenge, um, I think it's a pretty good-looking game, though. It's also PC and next-gen only, so another game that is not coming to last-gen consoles, and I think that that helps in its favor. The game also comes out, I think it's October... I have it here somewhere in my notes. I believe I do. Oh, yeah, it comes out October 26th. So here's yet another game coming out in October that's just going to get totally lost in the shuffle, (laughs) and no one's going to buy it. And, you know, I don't know that this game needs to come out around Halloween, honestly. Like, they could have released it somewhere else, and it would have made just as much sense, but... But yeah, it comes out on October twenty-sixth, just before Halloween. The game's not a horror game at all, if you're wondering. It's it's just a cyberpunk sci-fi
1: game, pretty yeah. much. Probably some body horror in there, but if you May- think, it, eh? think
0: about it. Maybe. I mean I haven't seen much of it, but yeah. That is Ghost Runner 2. Also, this game was the first shown off. It was almost like um, I almost got the vibe that it was like a PlayStation exclusive. Because it was in that state of play with um Helldivers 2. So a lot of people thought that those third-party games were actually like console time exclusives or whatever. That is not the case for either one of those games. This game is coming day and day with PC and Xbox. Yeah, I
1: didn't see anybody think that about this one. Just Helldivers because Sony's publishing
0: it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's just, I think, PC and PlayStation. Yeah. I think that is a console exclusive for Sony. Um, but this is coming to Xbox as well. So um, any questions about Ghost Runner 2, Matt? No, it looks, looks very
1: similar to what I played before.
0: Did you pick up on anything there that looked drastically different from the first one?
1: it just looks better yeah just graphically um, mm, I don't remember it tremendously well I don't I, the parry's new I think mm-hmm. and I don't think you had like the force push no did recall. you have the
0: ninja star still in the last one
1: I want to say yeah but I don't think they were electrified I
0: can't okay. remember okay yeah i'm surprised there weren't um at least in this demo that i played there wasn't like things where like here's an enemy and here's the, and he's standing in a puddle of water like throw the ninja star in the water and electrocute him like i didn't see a lot of stuff like that like elemental stuff maybe later on in the game that stuff
1: shows up though probably not i mean it's too fast yeah uh,
0: but anyway that's ghost runner 2 again it's coming to pc playstation 5 xbox series on october 26th next up the game that got pushed from last week's show That is, I think, one of the most creative and unique games that I have seen in, like, years. And it's called The Making of Karateka. Am I pronouncing that? Karateka. Karateka. I had a feeling I was pronouncing it incorrectly. And I'll just be honest with you, Matt. I do not remember Karateka.
1: I played Karateka hundreds of hours. Did you? The Apple IIe game, I played it hundreds and hundreds of times.
0: So explain to the people
1: what this actually is. So uh, what Karataka is or what this This game is. So this is basically a documentary about the making of Karataka presented as an interactive entertainment object. Um, So Karataka is... a playable
0: documentary. Yeah, Yeah.
1: Karataka is made by Jordan Mechner, who who probably is more famous for creating Prince of Persia. But Karataka is the game he made before Prince of Persia. And if you know Prince of Persia, it's very obvious Mm -hmm. that that is the case. Because it is a um, side-scrolling, almost uh, fighting game. Doesn't look that good. (laughs) There it is. It is a a side, from the side fighting game, um, where you are a karate guy. And uh, this bad guy named Akuma has captured uh, this princess and you're running into his fortress to rescue her, and he sends all his karate warrior guys after you, and you have to fight them and fight your way up and get past his goddamn bird <laughs> and then fight him and rescue her. And it's uh, it's not a super complex game by today's standards, but at the time, there was nothing like oh, this. Oh, yeah. I mean, back to Apple IIe, like... it was. I mean, there was Karate Champ, which was like a 1v1, like, fighting, maybe the that first... That looks very similar. Um, I mean, it's similar in the sense that it's like... The art guys in karate geese, but as you can see here, the art has no relation. He he rotoscoped his brother. Yeah, yeah, I his believe father. it. But
0: they do look very um, similar, though.
1: This has much better animation than Karate Champ ever yeah. did. Well, um, yeah,
0: I think the 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 Karate Chops and Karate Champ had like two frames of animation.
1: Yeah, and the Karate, I mean, this is like, um, as you'll see, like this, the Karate Champ was like hit once and you get a point. Like, yep. a karate tournament Mm -hmm. this is you know you have a life bar at the bottom it's a real Um, action adventure game yeah and you lose every time you you win a fight you lose a life point because you're getting tired so if you take and so basically you you'll see you run you run towards the next guy and then when you get to the next guy you have to stop and drop into your karate pose because if you get hit while you're in your standing pose you die in one hit (laughs) um and they have to, you have kicks or punches. The Apple IIe version is the. They have a bunch of different versions on this. So one of the things about this is, and one of the reasons this this has been made the way it was, I think, is that Jordan Mechner is just a very organized person. But you have all Wait, the, the way this has been made, or the way this this documentary okay, thing gotcha. has been made. All you have all these different prototypes of the of the game he was making before this, and the game he was games here he was making. Crotica, but also Death Bounce was the game he never that never came out. Crotica, and then he made Crotica instead for Broderbund, uh, and then you also have some stuff from uh, like the the game he was making himself before that, which is an Asteroids clone. Yeah, and you can play all of these. Yeah, yeah, like prototypes of Crotica, prototypes of Death Bounce, prototype uh, you know the the unfinished game of Asteroids uh, thing, um, different versions of Crotica, Apple II, Atari, eight bit, Commodore sixty four. um, I will say this. Uh, the Apple IIe version of this game is A, the original, and B, uh, the best one because the buttons for punch and kick are separate. <laughs> uh, because like a simple change. Because <laughs> the Apple IIe had two buttons, and the other game system, the, like the Commodore 64 and Atari didn't. So you, had to hold, you have to hold the, the attack button to kick. Yeah. And the kicks are way, 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 way more useful than the punches. <laughs> so you are hold it it just adds a little there's a little bit of playing underwater for the other versions. Uh-huh. Apple IIe is the one I played forever. And uh-huh. I, I jumped in, loaded it up. And I'll tell you that it's it's hard to play this, these some of these games on emulators because the way you the way you switch to running pose is you hold up on the joystick and then you tilt the joystick sort of up and forward. And he runs. And then to get him back in a pose, you let it go and he just drops out as soon as he slows down. On an emulator, it's very hard to tell an emulator that middle motion of holding up and then holding forward. He will drop out of it. And the thing is, you can't get through the game doing that because it's it's time-based as to whether the next uh, enemies will come out. Or not. And you'll just keep fighting these enemies no. over and over and over again. You'll never get to the end. And um, and so you need to be able to get up and run fast. And this is the first time I've played this game since the original Apple IIe where it, that actually works properly. Yeah. So this is the best way to play. And then this is a remade version of the game with not modern graphics, but obviously, like, it's it. you've got a little extra oomph. It moves a smoother. There's better <laughs> combos. Uh, the sound effectual. Button. So it's got some added things. There's like a couple more surprises. Because the game's only three three stages. Yeah. Um, and the only real twist in the original is that bird on his shoulder. In the second mission, in the second floor, the bird starts flying at you mm-hmm. as you're running. And it'll kill you in one hit if you're still running. So you'll hear it go. Err! And you have to stop. stop. Karate pose. And then you have to punch. Hamatown. Usually <laughs> punch because it's faster. But it'll come at you either high, medium, or low. And you have to hit it. Because that's how the game works: is you, you can kick or punch, high, medium, or low, and that's determined by the angle you hold the joystick while you're attacking. You can get usually three combos in, three hits in. Um, this is this is a early on you can do this sort of like like jab combo thing, mm-hmm. uh, which very quickly stops working as you move forward. And um, they've all got different helmets on; they're very, 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 uh, very organized.
0: What What I'm more curious about instead of this old game is the playable documentary Mm -hmm. because that to me is something that digital eclipse is one that did this Is that correct yes that to me that template can be used for well that's kind of
1: that's kind of what i mean is it can't oh because again the only reason you can make this is because jordan mechner is so organized and still has all of these things all the old builds you yeah yeah and yeah and the interview and there's a bunch of interviews and stuff and then it turns out the real hero of it is his father because his father remembers all this stuff Mm -hmm. and in the interviews with his father his father's like oh you did this and then you did this and then you did because his dad remembers more than he he does because Mechner was like 17 18 and he was going to Yale I think Uh and he was like he was working on games in the middle of that and failing classes because of it it gets he he has a lot of information about also because he started to keep a journal in college so you get a lot of journal entries from him about like these things and some of it's just like don't know where I am haven't slept in four days got to finish the prototype kind of thing but his dad remembers all this stuff like some there's one thing where he doesn't quite remember the name of something he was working on. His dad does (laughs) like his dad clearly paid a lot of attention.
0: How does it work though? So like, so you boot it up and you just select from a menu. Like I just want to play this, this or this. And then I just want to watch the documentary. Or is it like you're watching the documentary and they get to the point where they talk about, like, the first build of the game. And then the build pops up and you can play it?
1: Well, you're not watching it so much as, like, you. it's divided into chapters. You can just pick the games on their own in a separate section. But then if you pick the documentary, there are different chapters chronologically. And it's organized kind of like a tree, like a sideways tree. Mm-hmm. And some of them are just... Here's a here's a little text about what's happening now. Some of it's like, like an old photo and you get you get complete that by opening the photo and looking at the zoomed in version. Then sometimes there's a play button and that'll show you like a little video clip. Usually interviews or, or sometimes it's interviews with him and his father or, or like other industry people who were around at the time talking about how important the game was. Mm-hmm. Um, modern people talking about how it was the first game they tried and it got them into things kind of thing. Uh, And then after, usually if they're talking about a specific version, especially early on when they're talking about him working on his Astro thing or Death Bounce and the constant back and forth he was having with Ruderbund about whether they were willing to publish it or not, um, which in the end they were not. um, Then usually below that on the tree, you'll find like a little floppy disk thing that will be, will have a little information about what that version of the game was and then you can play it. Gotcha. Okay. Um, That's pretty cool. And so you kind of have a chronological organization of all the things all the versions of these of the games that at least still exists. Like, I think there's two or three versions of Carotica that are that are all, uh, prototype things. Mm-hmm. Um, they did actually in the same way of this remake. They did actually make a modern version of Death Bounce, a game that has never been released before. Uh, so like a, an imaginary sort of like what would a remaster of this game that never got finished be? Mm-hmm. And that's fun. Yeah, uh, it's that one's interesting just because it. Um, what Death Bounce started as and what it ended up becoming are two extremely different things. Um, And you can see it. Yeah, because it starts as basically like bouncing soap bubbles around a rectangle and it ends up being like an alien heist on a train. Like it's it's, it's remarkably different. Um, I hear your
0: point though you're right like most developers publishers don't keep this mm -hmm. stuff around but man if there were others that do how I mean again if you can get the assets yeah, if you have the
1: assets there's no reason not to do it I mean other than time and money but like uh, and this is a very significant this is more of a developer's game I think Mm -hmm. um, in the sense that like this game inspired a lot of people to make stuff yeah Um, I don't know how um, timeless it is in terms of like people who remember playing it but i certainly do and actually one of my favorite uh packed your party moments was i got i'd gotten there and uh i went to see um morgan because morgan was there talking to some guy and i went over and started talking to her and she just to me it was jordan mechner no way And i was like oh, i kind of <laughs> yeah i don't you know me I i've met him before i don't actually. freak out about things yeah. too much yeah but I was like, oh man, I played Caradica like four hundred <laughs> times, and I got geeked out about Caradica. He's like, wow, usually people it's Prince of Persia. We're like, yeah. no, Caradica, man. Like, <laughs> and he appreciated that. And we talked about stuff for a while. And when I got home, he had friended me on Facebook. Oh, That's awesome. So I get to like see. And he lives in in France, mm-hmm. and now, and like he goes to cafes and sketches out people he sees in the cafe. So I get to see all that stuff. Oh, that's and cool. It's, it's always nice when you meet someone who made who did something that or made something that you loved as a kid, yeah. and they turn out to be nice. Yeah. And, well, he's
0: also. And, still trailblazing by the way yeah like this again like the coolest thing about this to me is how this is all presented as a package like and I you could do more with this you could do Mm -hmm. what I said you could create this documentary that like Send you into the build it's like and then we worked on this build and blah blah blah. and this is also
1: a really good way to present games that are a little too primitive to stand on their own like agreed yeah i mean i love karateka but it's not like i would throw it at somebody now yeah yeah um but you present it like this and it feels like you're it feels like somebody made like an interactive version of icons like it's like it's a it's a it's history you feel like you're playing history yeah more than i think think it's brilliant
0: man like when i found out what this was i
1: would kill a man to have them do this to a game called wings of fury which yeah. is another apple II game with a with a plane i don't know if any of that stuff i think it was also broken. wizardry i mean that would work for wizardry um it'll be a good way to get old wizardry games back in the map yeah. ultima this would be a good, good for the early ultimas this yeah would be great. they're remaking wizardry, i guarantee <laughs> you lord british has enough have, has all this stuff saved to do that with it yeah um it's it's just a neat thing. Like, you know, you should even, you know, it's, it's interesting, like, you'd have to, the research that would re- be required for this, like, especially if you're doing something like for, like, an old, like, Japanese game, like, I, like do something like this for Pac-Man. Right, that's what I'm but, saying. But, like, you'd have to, like, find people who have some of these things stashed away in closets somewhere and builds of this and builds of that and, like, you know... A lot of it just depends on the people who are making the games. I mean, that's what it comes down to. If you have the archive to do it, then, yeah, there's... there's I would love to see more of this. This is a way to... How much did this cost, by the way? Oh, I think this was 15. 15 bucks? That seems right to me. Yeah. And it's on everything.
0: It's on pretty much every platform. I don't know how this has, like, flown under the radar so much. Like, nobody's covered this.
1: Because it's digital eclipse, which is not a huge reach, and because uh, there's very few people who care about Karateka. It, um, it, but again, to me, it's not about Karatika. Yeah, but, but people are going to... That's what you're judging it by. Like, people are I like, I don't even know what that game is. No, you're I right. Care. That's what most
0: people would judge it by.
1: Yeah. Not knowing what it is. Yeah. Also, it's a little a little weird. like It's not wrong to call it the making of Karatika. But I think a lot of people look at that title and think it's not a game. Right.
0: I mean, when you first told me about it, I was like, What? Mm-hmm. and I googled it and I was like oh my god
1: how did I not know about this like yeah I only knew about it because I know a guy who worked on it uh-huh. and he was posting about it on Facebook and I'm like oh I love that game so uh-huh. I'm, like, I'm gonna totally check that out and then it was way beyond what I was expecting I was, yeah. Yeah, I was expecting your usual retro collection it's like okay it's got like you know uh, you know versions early versions of the game and early versions of the other stuff he worked on at the time like that's pretty standard retro stuff okay cool but like to have this whole like, you know, it's basically an hour long documentary about the making of this game that almost nobody remembers. Yeah. But it's very interesting because you're, you know, not even if you don't care about Karataka, this is the story about how the man who created Prince of Persia got start. started making video games. Yeah. Like Like, when Prince of Persia was, uh a, a, you know, that was an atomic bomb. Oh, yeah. Like, it changed. Oh, yeah. People it. don't realize. And, like, people, they yeah. talk about it in this doc, this as well, about, how, like, you know, people who started developing games. Out of this after they played it, and were like, oh, you can tell a story, mm-hmm. like, you can do it because this was like 82, right? Or something, 82, yeah. 83. You're playing Pac Man, there stuff was like nothing, like this. Invaders, yeah. nothing like Space Invaders, nothing with that animation, yeah, with, with like movement. Like, you well, know, remember, in television,
0: then comes along a couple years later, and they have the animation for the yeah. athletes, and it's like, whoa, it's and like it has the, it
1: has the scroll at the beginning, like Star yeah. Wars, and then it, and then like. The other thing that's really cool about it um, that I always liked um, is that how you know it has very little to work with in terms of sound, so it's telling the story with music cues. Mm -hmm. Like if you can't hear it through our B-roll, but like when you see the bad guy standing there with his hand, you know, like that. Like a guy runs in he runs in and he goes Dun, da, 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 and like and yeah. like and like he, he sounds like a bat and he, and he goes and he, when he points he goes, Dun, da, 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 And like, yeah. and they, like bat, and it's like it's like telling you what to think there. Yeah, yeah. And like that would be a key way of imparting information for games until the three D era, yeah. really. Yeah. And this is one of the first games to do that.
0: Well, until and, we got out of the cart area where they get era where they could have yeah. you know had the space to have vocal samples and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without am sounding like a robot.
1: But it was like this is one of the earliest examples of Oh, you can use music to convey meaning and emotion and, and and tell, you know, you don't need him to say anything in text under the screen. You just need that, that music cue A little, that yeah. tells it, oh, the bad guy's sting. commanding him to go do the thing. Yeah. Like, there's no dialogue through the whole fucking thing. And there's great little, one of my, one of, that's one of my formative memories is, so you at the end, you beat the guy. You beat him. If you beat him, it's pretty hard. Like, he's hard. He, he is much less stupid than the other guys in the game. <laughs> Then you can go into the room with the girl, with the with yep. the princess. So, and I didn't quite know what to do. So the thing you need to do, because if you go in and if you stop, she sort of like goes like this, and like what you're supposed to do is run into her and you hug her, and it's the end of the game. Um, but every other enemy, thing in the game, if you run straight into something, it kills you it kills or hurts you, you, right? So I stopped, and like when I stopped and started to drop into the karate pose she goes yeah and like kicks you and kills you in one hit no and way. that's the end of the game if you if you like oh, approach man. her in, in even a slightly aggressive way she kills you yeah and it's great i was like i was yeah. like oh like and i'd never seen <laughs> anything like this was 1985 yeah. right. or something i yeah. played it a couple years ever came out but it was it was mind-boggling yeah and then prince of persia coming out and like you know be like Oh and then you found out that's the same guy and you're like oh it of course it is of course yeah, it is it makes sense
0: yeah so there you go. That's the making of Karatika. I'm glad I'm saying that correctly
1: now. It's available for everything I assume for $15. Karatika was a long... I, I think that's the, that's the way he pronounces it. Well, that's all the that Um I remember... That's and that's the way it. I pronounced it when I was playing it. But then I remember uh, there were ads for it. For, I want to say the Commodore 64 there were ads for the Commodore 64 or whatever and was like get into the other and it would list a bunch of games and they listed this one but the announcer said Karatika no. and I'm like is that how you supposed Even to pronounce it? I don't I think that's I don't think that's right there's no cause yeah. it's just, just Karatika yeah. it just means practitioner of karate right yeah. like yeah. Yeah. Uh, So it's, uh, yeah, so this was a very, very pleasant surprise out of almost nowhere. Yeah. um, Both in the sense of resurrecting a game that I loved as a kid and, like, this is the best retro presentation of anything I've ever seen. Really cool. Like, it's phenomenally good. Yeah.
0: So that's what we like to do on Game Face sometimes, turn you guys on to some stuff, some uh, products that are really pushing the boundaries on stuff. I really feel like this is really innovative and something that maybe, at the very least, I think publishers are going to start fishing around and saying, hey, could we do something like that maybe? Mm Mm-hmm. It's the most clever way to repackage a retro game that i've ever
1: seen for sure, yeah, and so like it's way work. better than just a random art gallery or some little thing like that. like this is really well, I mean clearly a lot of effort went in you know yeah. like they went, they got a crew and they went on you know there's there's some real effort happening here, and it's only possible in a situation where you actually have all that history still there yeah. and the people are still around a bit. but that's the other thing is like time is the enemy time is the enemy but also like this is we're getting to the point where some of the people that were there in the beginning are not going to be around much right. longer yeah um not that jordan mechner that old right. but like there's other people that like maybe were running we're older through, when they were doing yeah. that yeah like you got to get to these people yeah you, you got to get to the you got to record this you got to get this on on tape you got to you would this think there'd be there. like tons of atari 2600 games you could do this with you could but the problem David Crane's still around. But like- the problem is there are Atari twenty six hundred games. Yeah. And they're not <laughs> they're not very good. Yeah. Um, there's a Uh, I I watched a video that was like every Indiana Jones game ever made like reviewed it's like two and a half hours long or something but it starts of course the early ones and they're like Atari 2600 I'd never even seen them before and you cannot tell what you're looking at that's the thing about so many of these games (laughs) Uh, and it was made by the same I think the same guy it tells you and then your brain fills in the blanks but it's even some of them Like it was made by the same guy that I think made Yars Revenge Um. and that was a fairly well known game back at the time but they showed footage of Yars Revenge and I haven't probably seen Yars Revenge since I played it on the and I could not tell you what I'm and not, don't forget like what the things are supposed to be. I don't know what you're supposed to do. Yeah. like it's well, so abstract. That is
2: one
0: of those Atari 2600 games where the box art really sold the game.
1: Oh yeah, the box like art the box
0: art for Yara's Revenge is awesome. But yeah, you it's need, like you need that to have that, that box
1: art right in front of you <laughs> yeah. and you're like no okay, that's what I'm supposed to be thinking. All right. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So there you go.
0: That's the making of Karatika, and it's available for everything for fifteen bucks. And we say everybody should get it, support mm-hmm. products like this so we get more. Yeah,
1: even if you don't care about Karatika, like buy it to see how it should be done. Yeah. Uh, like this is all it's also great that this exists because now you can just show this to someone and say, That's what we want to do yeah. with your old game. Right. Like, that should be enough to convince Digital Eclipse should be able to do this for
0: perpetuity if it wants to. This
1: should be their new, like, cottage industry. It's just doing this for for old games. Yep, agreed.
0: All right. Show's not quite over yet. But it almost is. But before that, it's time to hear a word from our sponsor, SoundWizardry.com. Experience the realm of extraordinary audio with Sound Wizardry. With a decade-long journey in sound design, we animate your movies and video games with the breath of sound. Our wide-ranging services include sound design, Foley, sound mixing and mastering, audio implementation, dialogue mastering, and the crafting of unique sound effects from freshly recorded material. Our portfolio contains Baldur's Gate 3, Steven Universe, Alan Wake 2, Gwent, Cyberpunk 2077, and more. Visit soundwizardry.com and let us transmute your vision into an auditory marvel. Matt, I just found out last week that um, from our sponsorship, soundwizardry.com got a call from a major gaming publisher. Nice. That's what we like to hear. What major gaming publisher is watching this show? I'm not going to share that because right. I haven't talked to him about it, so I don't know if he wants people to know. Mm. But yeah, it's awesome. I was like, that is mm. freaking amazing. Someone's always paying attention, Mr. Mulder. His point was that like there are important people watching your show, mm. basically, um,
1: which is why he wanted to sponsor our show. So big thanks like, to Sound Wizardry. It can sometimes be a detriment because like there was the time when we found out that Steven Spielberg watched the G4 po- Feedback podcast, oh, right. and we're like what <laughs> like and he's like oh his assistant came up to adam during some charity event it's like oh steven said thanks for the boom block the kind words about boom blocks he's like oh, what steven <laughs> what? <laughs> and, and, and he's, he's like he what he's like oh he never misses it. i'm like yeah don't tell me that don't tell me steven's feel we're listening to what i think about devil may cry come on <laughs> like nobody needs to know
0: yeah yep. so a big thanks to soundwizardy.com for their sponsorship if you have any audio issues projects whatever Hit them up. They can handle all of it. Even if I think you just need some consulting. Like sometimes I just, you know, I probably should pay him for this, but I haven't. He's been very, very kind to me. But there are times where I just have questions about audio and I email him and he's very gracious and he answers them for me. They are audio experts. So if you need anything sound related, make sure you hit up soundwizardry.com. And with that, now it's time for. That's right. It's time for name that game. It's a fun little game we play here on Game Face, where I show you guys five screenshots and you try to guess the name of that damn game before Matthew Kyle. Couple things before we get going: chat's on slow mode, so you can't spam the chat with a bunch of random game titles. You get one chat every 60 seconds, so don't blow it. Number two, and this is a big one, and I'm just going to bring this up right now, and I don't know if he's on the stream right now or not, I'm not going to call him out by name, but the last person who won Name That Game, I discovered once I got home that they had already won Name That Game this year. Hmm. And one of the rules is you can only win once per year. Jail. Jail for a thousand years. (laughs) And so if you've already won, do not play. I was very dismayed to learn that. Now, to be fair, I will say that the person who won did not reach out to me trying to get a second free game, which I do appreciate, but somebody else could have won named that game. So if you've already won this year, do not play. Also, if you have no interest in a code for a PC game, you're not gonna play it, you don't know anyone who would play it, please don't play. Uh, We give away a free game, and I'll just say right now, I don't know if he's on the stream either, Swanland, Sifter Swanlin hooks us up with a ton of codes for the free game, so I just want to call him out here on the show and thank him for supplying the codes. But let's not waste the codes. If you're not going to play a PC game or you're not going to give it away to somebody who will play a PC game, also please do not play. Just kick your feet up and enjoy. Um, my prognostication is... Well, I just totally went to the wrong screen here. My prognostication is that... Oh, what did I just do? Hold on. I think I just totally messed up the TriCaster. No, here we go. Thank heavens. My prognostication is that this will take it until the fourth image until you guys get it. That's what I'm guessing. But we'll see. I'm always wrong on this, so we'll see how it goes. Are you ready, Matt, for Name That Game? Sure. Are you guys ready? Here is the first image.
1: Ghost of Tsushima. Not Ghost
0: of Tsushima, but that's a good look, guess. That's a familiar. very good guess. Everybody thinking in the chat. Swanlin is here. So thank you, Swanlin, for all the code you give out for this. MGS2, no. Warrior Online, no. That's an interesting guess. Oh! Huh. I was mm. so, so wrong. Sleeping Turtle 3 got it already that's crazy dude it is life is strange and he got it from that that's amazing <laughs> you guys blow me away wow i really didn't think you guys would get it that early but you did so sleeping turtle three congratulations it's over everyone's still guessing it's over he already got it It took him like two seconds that's amazing wow i don't know how you got it from that man honestly like that's incredible here's the second shot <laughs> what yeah exactly i mean that's what you got to do to keep people from getting why did not they get it from the first one and they did here's the third one should have led with that one shows you the lighthouse yeah which could have tipped some people off There are obviously i would have kn- known that
1: you would have yeah i mean there are obviously tons of lighthouses in video games but, yeah but that's the lightest life is strange i mean i I knew that those tr- trees, but I, like, I did, couldn't place it. And then when he said that, I was like, oh,
0: They're yeah. blurred so much, though. Like, I don't know. I'm shocked.
1: Yeah, but w- it doesn't matter if they're blurred. is the way they're constructed. Like, they're, yeah. the, the construction of a tree is, is, kind is of a almost tell. a fingerprint <laughs> with, is, some, with right. the developer. That's like, a good point. Like, you always know a Bethesda tree.
0: Yeah. Yep. Whether you realize it or not. Sneaky says, I'd get it on Image 2. It's the pool, right? Yep. It was from mm. the pool scene. Yeah. See, different people resonate with different clues. Here's the fourth one where I was like, they'll definitely get it from There's this. yeah. it shows the Academy. And then if you didn't get it from this one, you didn't play Life is Strange. <laughs> yeah. And you probably didn't watch any trailers for it either. <laughs> yep. So, all right. Well, once again, another round of applause. That's incredible, man, that you got that just from those trees. You guys are awesome. I say it every week. We have the best, uh, We have the best audience. Sifters rule all as far as gamers are concerned. That's how I feel about it. Um, so there you go. Congratulations. Um, send us a DM. You can do it right here on Twitch at twitch.tv siftedgames. You can send me a DM on Twitter. I'm at dinfire. Um, not for long, but I'm still there. I haven't tweeted in like two months, but <laughs> my account's still there. But I do check for DMs after the show's over to see if you guys DM me there. So I will look. Um, or you can DM sifted on Twitter at siftedgames. Or you can just DM me on sifted at shane and we'll get your code out to you. Congratulations once again. And with that, we do have a little bit of time for some Q&A, or do we? Yep, we have enough time for about two questions. <laughs> so let's let's see what you guys got here. Uh, let's see. El Guapo3385, I got here late, so apologies if you are whatever over this. Uh, with SAG after members voting for a video game strike, how big of an impact will this have with the short-term, long-term prospect for video game development? We did kind of talk about...
1: Slightly... I mean, it may, it may or may not happen. They just voted to approve it. Um, so that it still may or may not happen. Uh, short-term, nothing. Long-term, it could significantly delay some things. But I don't think a video game, SAG Strike, would th- would feasibly last past Thanksgiving because of other things in play. Were so, you surprised that the writer strike ended? Because you had said earlier you yes. thought it might go into next year. I was surprised when I saw it. Um. So I think... What happened there was um, well, I th- well, I think partly what happened there is they realized that the uh, the AI model is not feasible, mm-hmm. um, and they they had no other they had no other recourse. Um, there may be other things in play. Um, the also the horrible uh, choice to form the coalition of streaming service right. owners yeah. uh, may have been sort of their. Back their back door out of this uh for the for the studios that's gonna come to that's gonna bite them in the ass eventually um but yeah the Wga seems pretty happy with what they got they still yeah. to, they still have to figure out things out with sag but um sag should be an easier get yeah, the writers were the ones who were going to be most likely to be shortchanged. um and it sounds like they weren't yeah. at least, at, at least as far as the WGA leadership is concerned um so we'll see
0: okay um I think I saw someone yeah, from Erebus Jones. The newer Resident Evil games are coming to iPhone. Do you think Apple could make a splash in gaming if they developed the a dock and pad for their phone like the Switch? Good question, Erebus Jones. Um, Yeah, I think they could. Absolutely. I mean, I would just like a device that I could just... Uh, besides doing it with, like, AirPlay, I would like to be able to plug my phone into my TV. Yeah, I,
1: mean, I'd, I'd, I would. I, it's never occurred to me to want to do that. Because
0: AirPlay's laggy and the audio quality's crappy. Like, I would like to have a cable plugged into my TV, i can just plug my phone in and
1: just go through my phone like on my TV. Hmm. I, yeah, it's an interesting use case. I would never, ever do that. I mean, you didn't ever show people your photos on their TV? I have a laptop for that. But also like, no, I don't really. Oh, I do it all the time. No. Like
0: if I go, when I go home, I sit with my mom on her TV. You know I just what, go through my photos from the last six months and show her everything that I've done. You know done. the last
1: time I, I downloaded photos from my phone to
0: my computer? I mean, I don't do it either, but that's beside mm. the point. I'm just showing photos to people. Um, but anyway, I would like to see it
1: um, when people buy it. Eh. Eh, I mean, I, there's no hook for an Apple game device like that. It's like what's going to be on it? What? What can I count on to be on it? What? Three Resident Evil games. Yeah, but it's like, it's like there's no there <laughs> right. there. You know, they're not a game company. Also, um,
0: they announced today that they're going to charge sixty dollars for the Resident Evil Four remake on iPhone. Not, not to me. <laughs> Can I play
1: Taps right now? For (laughs) seriously, I think it's a terrible idea. Um, I mean, that does speak to like how the level of quality they think it's at. Mm -hmm. But I who who willing to pay sixty dollars for that game does not already have that game. on something else. It's just I don't. The market for console games on mobile
0: is just small. We know that already. Like so, I but. His question is saying, "Okay, well, what if they take that extra step so that the to, to increase the size of the market? Like, it's a smart question."
1: But. Sure, but like my response to that is mainly, um think about how much Apple would charge for that item. Yeah, they charge you thirty bucks for a fucking cable. That's true. That 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 dock would be more than a switch.
0: <laughs> You're right.
1: <laughs> for a fifteen hundred dollar phone. Yeah, I. It's just it's it's an it's to me it's a dead end. Yeah. Uh, like, the entry level on it is so ridiculously high price. It doesn't make any sense.
0: Jeff 99 what about an audio version of the name of that game?
1: What, with, like, Sounds.
0: OSTs or sound effects? Yeah. I used to have a bunch of gaming sound effects loaded on the TriCaster. They got we, deleted somehow. We
1: used to do that um, back in the old, old days. We had a, our, our chat room group on AOL. <laughs> this guy was, like, a huge... That's when you knew it was the old, yeah, old days. this guy was a huge collector of uh, OSTs. And he had it all ripped to MP3s back when that was a thing you had to do like by hand. Uh-huh. Um, and he, every, it was called his random daily game music track. And he would send an unlabeled, just like it was labeled like what number it was. And he did it for years. It was he got into thousands. Or I think he got up to a thousand and stopped. Mm-hmm. But it was like he just sent everybody in, uh, an MP3, and you had to listen to whoever responded with the right answer first like one and like for once in a while for special ones like someone would contribute like a game code or a or a, when that was unusual or like if you win this I'll send you like I when I used to get like um swag for stuff I didn't want I would tell him and so he would Eventually, like he knew I had a shirt for whatever this game was, so then he'd send that. He's like, "If you win this, you get a shirt for the game." Mm-hmm. And so I would send somebody a shirt that I didn't want. Huh, that's cool. So we used to do that back in the day. It was fun.
0: Something worth worth considering for sure, Jeff Lynn. No doubt about it. Um, but we're gonna have to call it right there. But, from- but that
1: was also that was back in like the early 2000s when you couldn't Google anything. So right. Like, <laughs> it was the whole song. It wasn't like right. five right. seconds of it. It was all. Yeah. And like if you didn't know, it, you didn't know. It. That yeah. was it. I mean, it's like name that tune for
0: video games. basically. Yeah. That old game show from the 80s, I think it was, or 70s. I don't remember. Both. It was, it, that yeah, ran I guess for a it long did time. last for a while. Maybe I think it's, they're doing a new one now. There probably too, is actually. a new I one. I think now, I saw yeah. a
1: promo for Ford on Twitter. I mean, there's a bunch of Wordle style games for that. Anyway, you might as well make a, yeah. make a commercial enterprise out of it. Yep. All
0: right, that's going to do it for Game Phase 359. If you're watching this show on YouTube, or you're listening to it on any of the podcast services and it is on all of them um it would be great if you could head to patreon.com sifted and support us with a monthly pledge uh, four dollars a month gets you all our content early you get game Face four days early you get Pactor factor a week early you get all our other content at least three days early and again that's four dollars a month we're way below what all the other major gaming patreons are at um if you could do that that'd be great if you're broke I totally understand that. There are still ways that you can help us. One, you can just take that app that you're listening to this show on right now on your phone and just go and review the show. And I'm hoping you're gonna give us a good review, but even if you don't, it still helps us. Just having that number of reviews makes a big, big difference. So if you're listening to this show right now on your phone, just go into that app and just review the show. It's a way to help us without spending a penny. It'll take you like five seconds, just write, Five stars, awesome, and you're done. Um, also, another way you can help us, it actually will give us money, is if you help us out with Twitch Prime. If you're watching it on YouTube, down below is the instructions. If you've been watching Pactor Factor for the last however many years, you already know all about it. Um, it's very simple to do. Once you link your accounts, it literally takes three seconds to give us $2.50 every month. It's free if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber. Also, by the way, Matt, did you see that Amazon Prime is now going to start charging us $3 a month to watch the Amazon Prime without ads? I did see that. <laughs> it's good. Jeff, Jeff
1: Bezos is not on, rich enough. On
0: top of the, wh- what is it now, like 140 bucks a year for Amazon Prime?
1: Yep, something like that. And
0: now they want, to, they want to nickel and dime us for $3 more per month? Anyway. Well, it's going get, to cost them so much more to pay these writers fairly. <laughs> exactly. So, Well, my point is, get everything you can out of that Amazon Prime subscription and help us out with it again amazon gives us free money it costs you nothing so we'd really appreciate it if you could do that but obviously the best thing is go to patreon.com slash sifted and give us a pledge because that is permanent and something that we can count on when we try to figure out our budgets and things like that so we really appreciate it thanks to everybody in our chat as always they're awesome they fact check us in real time they add context they ask great questions they kill it it named that game um, so thanks to everybody who showed up. We will be here on Tuesday. I realize this was a short week. We got the show together in like five and a half days or whatever. And we will be here every Tuesday at twitch.tv siftedgames at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern until the end of the year. Um, no more vacations. No more anything. We are now on the Q4 grind, Matt Kyle. Are you ready? Sure. <laughs> so anyway... Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the show I hope you guys have a great week I hope you guys play some great games we'll see you next Tuesday game faces up and out